that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway, doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo Power with the power, you can run the show. Flow heavy on beats. Welcome, everybody. This is Jeff versus the world. This is your boy Jeff, and like always, I am here with my co-host on this ride, Shahid. How's it going? It's a wonderful day. It's been a very eventful day. People have been focusing on some bad things that have been finalized, ignoring great things, but, you know, that's how life goes. But let's talk about those things. Spider-Man out the MCU? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Um... I don't have the article up right now. You got it in front of you? I, I have I had the article up. It's basically the negotiations that have been ongoing for a while. And basically the sticking point was as far as splitting of money. The original deal, I guess Marvel got like 5% of first day gross. Mm-hmm. And Sony was fine with continuing that. And Marvel was like, nah, the price of the brick went up. We want 50-50. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we'll help we'll help you with like, you know, continuing stuff with Spider-Man and your spin-offs. If you need help with Venom, you want them to MCE, we'll help you with that too. Into the Spider-Verse, we'll help you with that. And Sony is like, nah, we alright. Like I think it came into kind of like, you know, Kevin like, you know, Kevin Feige wants more credit, wants more I don't know, because it's it's always hard when you negotiate out in public because you want to get out the point across to make you know what makes you look good or what makes the other person look bad. And like the sticking point see like the sticking point is like money and control. And, and both, Sony's like, no we are both sides are right. I don't think neither neither side is wrong because Sony's looking at it as if wait a minute now, we set this deal up, you know, you asking for too much, but Marvel is also saying without us you came to us initially because, you, you know, your movies, okay. your, the amazing Spider-Man didn't do what you thought it was going to do. So you came to us with a deal. And let, like you said, that, that money's moved up now because we just got y'all. We just I crossed mean, a billion. OK, but here's my thing, my counterpoint, and it's a two part point. One, Sony can be like, yeah, homecoming, you know, far from home, made over a billion. But that's because it came out after Avengers, because Iron Man 3 made a billion coming after the first adventures. So it's always going to make more getting that boost regardless of the fact, you know, quality side was an excellent movie because Homecoming didn't hit a billion. Homecoming did very well, but Homecoming didn't do that much more money than like the Amazing Spider-Mans. Two, Sony can be like, look, we just did a Spider-Man movie without y'all that won an Oscar. We just did Venom that made more money than almost than like Wonder Woman. We straight. So it's like, you know, we can do business, but we don't have to do business. And the hilarious thing is just kind of like perception, such a thing. You look on, I know it's like, you know, Twitter's just a microcosm. But I looked on Twitter. I looked on Messenger Online. Nearly everybody's like on Marvel's side with this. They're looking at Sony being greedy and stupid. And I'm just laughing. It's like, how Sony greedy? Because they don't want to give up 50% of their loot. I mean, it's understandable. That's, that's my whole thing. It is understandable that they don't want to give up that much money but i'm still of the thinking of 
there is a percentage of people out there that love the character of Spider-Man inside the MCU. That's what uh-huh. crossed him over Look. to make. You know what I said? That's what got him. What the homecoming was okay. close to nine hundred million, and then it crossed over far from home. A hundred percent of seven hundred fifty million is still more than fifty percent of a billion dollars. Listen, man, it's that work. What you know I mean, how, you know how I go that work. I'm just saying it's kind of like you know, math is math. I see both sides. I see Disney's and Marvel side because they're like, you know, we rehabilitated the project and everything like that. I see Sony side is like, y'all being too greedy. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, lighter heads will prevail. They'll work something out. They're like, all right, 30%. And we'll end up having some like Venom in the MCU, which I would laugh. And because it's kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, it's about money. Sony likes money, Marvel like money. And it's about kind of like, you know, if Kevin Feige felt like he got sight, you know, short change. Cause it's funny, the word that came out was like, you know, we don't mind doing business, but we ain't gotta do business with him. We can do business on our own. So it sounds like it's an ego thing between Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal. Of course we're gonna take Kevin Feige's side because you know, his track record is like, you know, <laughs> it, it after, like, you know, I've been ruling six straight summers, but turns to six to like what, thirteen? Hit after hit after hit. And Amy Pascal's kind of like, you know, even when she has hits, when she comes out her mouth, it sounds stupid. It's like a lot of times they get treated off like, you know, Sony is successful by accident. But let's not front like people didn't watch Spider-Man movies before the MCU. Because I heard all people talking about, you know, for real, for real, Tobey Maguire is my real Spider-Man. I don't know about Tom Holland. You are right about that. So um, now, now some people want to front like, oh, you know, I ain't, I ain't watch Spider Man until Tom Holland put the tights on. Like, we don't got a front for the internet. Let me let me ask you this question: Have you ever watched those like interviews that Amy Pascal have with Kevin Ferg of Kevin Fergie? They just look like they don't like each other. They like, she coolest. <laughs> she tone deaf. She always been like that. Whenever she's with anybody else, like you saw those leak things, she came out. Like, you know, Kevin Hart had to come out her neck because she wanted to be cheap with him. It was like, you know, that we really got you this money for market. Basically, like, you black, aren't you grateful? You know, he's like, I'm making you money. Pay me more. Hmm. Like, she, like, she always come off like that. Like, she be biting the hand that feeds him. All the stuff that went on with the James Bond franchise. They basically had to, like, roll out. They had to roll out a damn dump truck full of money to convince Daniel Craig to do it again. Yeah. You know, like, I know, like, yeah, you hot because you have Venom and Jumanji hit, but it's like, we just saw what Men in Black International did, mm. like... They want to ignore so, that. Yeah, it's like, don't get too cocky. You had two great hits. It's like, you know, Master P starts saying, we're going to have, we're going to join WCW come wrestlers because Mystical went platinum. Like, slow down. I do think... Like, at the end of the day, I do think Kevin will get the situation straight. At least, you know, he's going to try to rectify the situation, at least for the fans, because just to leave, that's like a, like, you leaving us I now. Mean, I mean, it's kind of like they got contingency plans, because originally Black Panther was what had to, you know, if like, if they knew they was going to have Spider-Man, Black Panther probably wouldn't be in Civil War. Because they got him last minute, they kind of planned that, so... I'm like, okay, Spider-Man's not there. That's going to hurt. We still going to get Spider-Man movies. It's still going to have the same directors, the same stars, the same writers. They kind of learned to listen. Like, this is how we do things. People are still going to see it. 
It may not be as much, but it ain't like it's going to be, oh, I ain't seen Spider-Man anymore. People always, even the bad Spider-Man movies, people see those. I think the imagination goes away. Your people's uh, fantasy uh, fantasy booking that's, movies, you know, saying, oh, well, you know what I okay. mean? That, that's going to be out the window. But what percentage of fans is that, really? Shit, if you look on the fucking Twitter, it's like everybody now. Oh, that's Twitter. I'm not going to get uh, uh, Miles Morales now. It's, just, it's everywhere now. That's what. I have this theory that if ECW was around when Twitter's out, everyone would have swore Paul Heyman was a billionaire because everybody would have gassed up ECW. And then you look at the numbers like, oh, it wasn't really hitting like that. Just the people who like it talk about it. Like it's, I mean, it's it's small potatoes. It's going to get it's, worked out. It's going to get worked out. That's that's the end of the end game. It will get worked out. I would just hate, I, to, I would hate to have to see another Spider-Man movie where he he's ignoring everything that happened. <laughs> you know, I know they can I mean, get around it. Wait. Did you see Venom? Oh, God. Yeah, I saw it. Tom Hardy was walking around eating lobsters and chicken. <laughs> slobbered around like a damn maniac. And that movie made $800 plus million. And I ain't see nobody, like, nobody online see anybody. Everybody puts oh, I ain't like that shit. I ain't see that. I liked it. It was a, it was not like a great movie. It was, it was fun. fun. Yeah, it was a fun movie. It was fun. It was like, it was like Marvel would have never made anything like that. And it was like sloppy in some cases and disjointed. People still saw it. it was fun. Like this whole talk is like, I, I tell you all the time, don't get caught up on Twitter too much. Right. That is a trap. Twitter is a trap and it, you can Twitter. fall hard for it too sometimes because you just see comments and you see things and you just want to be like, have you ever seen have you ever seen anybody on Twitter brag about a CBS show? <laughs> and yes, CBS is the number one network for like a damn decade. I never seen my oh, you know, yeah, two broke girls slap. I never seen that tweet <laughs> like that at all. Before, so don't before before we keep going, let me do this because I, I got cursed out by my wife. So I have to do this. Shahid, can you please tell everybody where they can hear you and what it is that you do outside of helping me co host this show? Why are you trying to bluff the spot? Like I'm look, from under- look, because I, I I think I did it once or twice, and my wife was like, "Oh, you know, you don't know, you can, do you forget? Because you know he got his other." I was like, "You're right." So I had to make sure to do it. All time. right, so I'm on the Stunt Granny Network, and I do shows there, both wrestling and also entertainment. Stunt Granny is like normally wrestling oriented. We watch stuff is entertainment oriented. So we watch stuff is my normal show that I always do on a regular basis. Stunt Granny, I kind of sub in once a month like a special guest star. I'm like, I'm basically like CCH Pounder when it comes to Stunt Granny. Like, I show up when I need to show up. And then you won't see me again for like a month. And though everybody over there does a, amazing work, I'm always listening to you guys' shows. But I got a question for you since you don't, since you don't really hop into wrestling from all the time. How do you feel about NXT on USA? I'm, it's... It's funny the reaction from it. I'm fine. I'm I'm very interested in seeing it. I'm very interested in seeing how the dynamics will change. I seem to be one of the few because, like I said, Twitter again. Majority of people on Twitter like. Just be ruin everything. It's gonna be trash. Like most of y'all don't be watching NXT like that anyway. Y'all watch Takeover. Y'all don't be watching NXT week after week. Ooh. So if y'all wasn't watching it, then y'all not going to be watching it now. So continue to not watch it. It's going to be a whole bigger audience that don't be messing around with. I ain't trying to log in on the network and yada, yada, yada. 
I can watch it when it come on Wednesdays. And it's like they get two hours. So they get an extra hour. So maybe I get to see Keith Lee more than once every six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I get to see people I'll, I'll actually like like instead of like, you know, you see Mia Yim and you might not see like you might not see Velveteen Dream for a month. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for it. Um, I just think for the nerds and for the diehards, I think their just biggest fear is that you know, being that they have Raw and SmackDown, and it's a USA thing, that Vince McMahon is always going to have his hands in you know those shows. They he won't fear. have time, and that's what I'm thinking because the football thing is about to happen. Yeah, the football thing's about to happen. He still got to deal with Raw and SmackDown. USA apparently gave him fifty million dollars a year for NXT. So cost is not an issue. And my thing is like this. The biggest advantage I see is if they improve their money, if people get more money from it and you on NXT, you're not in a rush to leave NXT anymore. Not at it's all. not it's not considered a minor like you on TV, you on there week after week. You know, house shows, they moved away from that. Like, a lot of stuff more combined shows anyway. So beyond the fact that, like, you know, I'm not going to be on SummerSlam or, like, Class of Champions – it's like if I'm somebody like the under, like I'm like Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, why would I be in a rush to go to SmackDown? If I saw what happened with Chad Gable, the, the reality is, is if this is the actual third brand, I'm fine right now. I'm fine. I'm ch- I'm chilling. If I'm I, if I'm Io Shirai and I see how they did Kyrie saying, I'm in no rush to go through that. Yeah. The hair fish and say, you know, whoa, you don't speak English. I don't know what to do with you. And it's like it's some people that want to be like you know, Velveteen Dream get too big for NXT. He ready to go to Raw? Fine. He can go ahead and be like that. Matthew Riddle, Street Profits, fine. You know, you somebody like Adam like, Cole. Yeah. No, I'm not. Because first time you in a ring with Ron Strowman, Adam Cole, Bebe gets thrown out the window. Like yes. that shit. So I'm like, keep me where I want. And if I'm somebody like Rusev or Shelton Benjamin, yeah, put me at full cell. Give me like, let me get some time. So if they treat it like a third brand and the money right and, the you know, let's try because it's going to be live. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be gives them more prop. It gives more people more time to work because the biggest thing with NXT is like they got too many people and everybody don't get time. And it's like you, you forget about stuff like that. Then you realize like, you know, Mandy Rose in the NXT a long time. She had two TV matches. Two. Yeah, that was that was it. Like I saw I seen her twice. And the next thing I know, I saw like, like she wasn't working like she was just always in a row because like they had a lot of people like that. Like you, you know, you bear like you saw Nia. You'd be surprised how few times you saw Nia Jax on NXT. Mm-hmm. I think I, you knew who Nia Jax, yeah, you knew who Nia Jax was, but you don't remember seeing like a lot of ring matches. I think this is good. Initially, I was a little bit thrown off. I was like, "How's this gonna work?" And Vince, and then I'm thinking more and more like, "Wait a minute, the football season." Uh, he's going to deal with that. Uh, Wednesdays is not his thing, and it and there was a point. There would be no point. And, and building Triple H up, let him do all this if you're not going to let him run it and let him do his thing. Yeah, like, he's going to let Triple H do it. And if, like, people that surprise AEW, like, they just not going to just let AEW just do what they want without, they, Wrestling Society X got competition. Yeah. Yeah, that itty-bitty show. Like, TNA, when they tried to move, was like, nah, we're going to gas it up. WWE is kind of like, wrestlers like competition, fans like competition. And you know, corporate don't, like, corporate don't like competition. And I think it was funny because, like I told when Cam uh, showed that GIF of a GIF, however you say it, of Cody doing a sledgehammer thing, I'm like, the optics is it looks like a war. No matter how he tried to 
twist it and say what he what it was. Nobody's gonna look at that. We're gonna look right on it and say, "Oh, he's saying uh, fuck Triple H." Oh, it's you know what I mean. It's just like that. The way it's, nobody's gonna dig into what you <laughs> thought you were saying, and the way WWE looking is like, "Nah, y'all get out the paint." This is. Hey, this I mean, is, it's 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 fun. Because it gets yeah, more, you know, when people got to work harder and people got to, you know, stay on their game and not get complaints, the fans end up winning. If if WWE got to work harder, cool. If AEW got to work harder, cool. We all win. And it's not like it's back in the day where, you know, unless you worry about having your VCR, you had to watch one or the other. You can DVR one, watch the other one. Yeah. Like, I'm going to watch both. The only thing comes in is like, who get watched live? I don't know. I haven't, we haven't seen an hour AEW. That's why I didn't, that's why I didn't answer your poll. I was like, I don't know it's gonna be AEW. I just know I, I know I see a lot of wrestlers. Some are cool. Some I don't like. A lot I never heard of, and not a lot of black people. So, I mean, yeah, it's like I gotta see a few weeks before I can just make that choice. I I know what NXT has been. I can imagine what it would be with like live more money in an extra hour if they let Triple H do his thing. Like he knows what he's doing. So I can imagine NXT on like TV. And it's going to be a lot of people who never watched NXT go like, oh, this is something. AEW, I'm not rooting against it. Like, I want competition. I don't know. And another, oh, one more thing is, I think it's a beautiful thing for Triple H because even though we know who Triple H used to be as far as in the ring and the, the stories of maybe him holding down wrestlers, I, at the point of Triple H being with Vince as a promoter, he is – I think he's going to be easier to work with with the younger people coming in. And I think that's his, I think he enjoys that more. Can you imagine him trying to talk to Randy Orton and say, hey, A, B, C, and D, and maybe you want to do this? Randy will go look at him like, yeah, okay, whatever. But he gets to get these younger people who's hungry and who's going to actually, like, listen to what he's saying. And I'm not saying nobody wouldn't listen to him. I just think he have a lot of sponges there. They'll soak up the information that he has for him. And, you know, I think, like I said, he's enjoy, he enjoyed it more than dealing with everybody else. Um, Wait, before we go to our main thing, I just want to drop one quick thing because everybody else was on the negative. How the hell is announced they making another Matrix? And everybody like, oh. Like, I, I saw by accident. I'm mad at all my friends. Every yeah. single one of my friends. Time out, time out. I'm mad with you because you didn't even say nothing about the Stephen Amell thing. And I had to find out for it for myself. I was like, "What? He's doing a wrestling I show?" I figured you saw it already. You exactly. follow the same. You follow the same Twitter feeds. <laughs> exactly. Everybody thought you saw it already. But nobody. I would have figured somebody would have posted it because I think I. I thought I already tweeted already. But no, it's like yeah, because you heard the rumor they talking about yeah we think about doing a matrix. They've been talking about that for like four or five oh, wow. years. Like they're like yeah I don't know. But then Keanu got hot. Yeah. Like, you know, been here about that, and then it's like maybe they'd be the Matrix University. Like, oh, one of the I, um, I think it's Lana. What what child's like? Yeah, is she going direct? Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves signed a co-star Trinity. And I'm like, did they both die? Yeah. Oh no, because you know the big thing was um uh Michael B. Jordan was going to be in it. He was going to like play a character in the Matrix movie. He still can. Oh he yeah. He just ain't gonna be. He just ain't gonna be Neo. Oh no no. So. And it's like, you know, filming gonna start next year. It's like they ain't messing around. Yeah. I that mean, was kinda that was kinda quick. I think and I think it all goes back to Keanu getting hot. Like something he just got hot and they're like, Well, yo, let's get this ball going. I mean, it's we getting a Top Gun sequel. And Top Gun came out thirty something. I told my wife, she's like, 
is it a remake? I'm like, no, it's a sequel. <laughs> when that movie come out? I'm like, yeah, like 32 years ago. But Tom Cruise think he was going to make a sequel? I'm like, he, I, I don't think he was thinking him that far ahead in, like, in the 80s, but, you know, shit happens. And it's if you've seen Top Gun movie, it, if you can think, if you watch the Top Gun movie and think about it, you know what the, the whole premise is. You already know what the whole premise Because I thought about it, I was like, oh, and I read to see what the premise was, and I was exactly right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just the Matrix is just funny because especially the whole Internet community, how they changed the whole meaning of blue pills and red pills <laughs> to just basically bastardize it. So <laughs> considering the background of the directors of the Matrix and considering how the Matrix has just like affected so many things. And I know it's like quaint and it's like, you know, remakes and like that. Keanu doing a Bill and Ted sequel. And he didn't have to. He doing it because he wants to. Yeah, he don't even want and, to. Yeah, like he wanted to. So I'll, that's why he doing it. And I'm like, you know, I still watch The Matrix like once a month. And whenever you have a good sound system or like video system, The Matrix is one of the go-to movies you use to show off that. Like I need to, I'm about to order the 4K editions of all of them because they updated this. Like I'm not even worried about the picture so much as like the updated the sound. So I'm a big time Matrix fan. I seen the you know even the Animatrix and the less we talk about the Matrix Revolution, the better. I'm excited to see the Matrix. I don't give a damn about say remakes, reboots, whatever. Like yeah, don't get the trench coat out. Get Rage Against the Machine out retirement. Start playing that. Ask <laughs> people bad talking about you know oh this why white people shoot up schools like like y'all need an excuse yeah, whatever. Yeah, I I am excited for it. I particularly didn't really like the third one. Uh, but you know, I'm still excited for it because I, I like the Matrix movie. You know, I just... love the I love the first one. I like the second one a lot. The third one is like, eh, but it's like, I, as soon as they announce, I'm like, let me know when the tickets go on sale. So yeah, I can take yeah. time off work. So I'm being there open night. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, and I think that's it, it may restart the whole Matrix thing again. So if you act. How many young actors like, yeah, I'm signing up for the Matrix? You think you wouldn't want to be in the Matrix 4 with Keanu? Oh, I'd be an extra. <laughs> you you think extra. Anson Elgore, like Michael B. Jordan, like, sign me up, let me just get a role. You think Zendaya ain't trying to be in the Matrix? Oh, yeah, it's going to be the hot thing. If, if you a young actor between the age of, like, 19 and, like, 35, you're trying to be in the Matrix. Yeah. But we are on our journey I know what y'all came for. This is the full course meal now. We are about to talk about Nicolas Cage. The trilogy continues plus one, and we are on part three face off. So, what did you think about the face off movie initially? Because I didn't see this in the movie theater. So, I remember that. I didn't okay. see this in the movie theater. Okay, I saw this in the movie theater. And I remember the whole reaction to this movie was this shit's insane. It shouldn't work, but it works. Like this is it was just one of those things where it's a ridiculous movie that's fun. It has no business working whatsoever, and it works. It has a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 92%. I was gobsmacked. I'm like, and every time I read the Chris, like, I shouldn't like this movie. I like the movie. It should like basically like it shouldn't work, but it works. And quick background. You know, because it's kind of like at this point, Nicolas Cage was like, I'm Nicolas Cage action star. He just come, he came off of, you know, doing The Rock and Con Air. 
John Tavosa was like in the beginning of his long ass run, and I was kind of thinking like, you know, he did Pulp Fiction. What he had like a seventy year run, like seventeen years. I was gobsmacked how long he was like still making movies that's making money. Basically, from time Pulp Fiction came out to like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. And every movie wasn't a hit, but he was making hits. And that's why I had, because I, I was like, wait a minute. When I was watching, I was like, this is around his like run. I couldn't figure out it was around the middle or end. But then I, you know, I went to his filmography. I was like, oh, never mind. He was just like gone. At this point, it was just like, I ain't gonna say everything he touched because he has a very eclectic filmography. He did a lot of different things, but he was like, he was like Nas. Yeah, basically, he was basically like Nas, like some, you know, something hit, something didn't. But it was like it didn't take too many. Like, you know, he didn't make no more than like three movies in a row where at least like one of them made a lot of money. So this this was like near the beginning of his Travolta science (laughs) and John Woo. You know what I figured out after watching this? It's the reason why John Woo worked more in Hong Kong than America. It's because John Woo is like the type of director he is, is he's a earnest, ridiculous director. Not and ridiculous not a bad thing. It's like his movies are very earnest, very poetic, and extremely ridiculous. And the only way those movies work is if you have a star that's charismatic, cool, but vulnerable. You need all three. Chow Young Fat was all three. Most American action stars around this time did not have all three. They didn't. And I was thinking, like, who the people who had it? Kurt Russell had it. Nicholas Cage had it, which is why this worked. Wesley Snipes had it. That's the list. That's it. Well, this movie's uh, budget was $80 million, And it made mm-hmm. over, like, what, $245 million? Mm-hmm. The question is, how would this movie have played if it was Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger? It would have been trash. <laughs> but it, it, it would have made money, though. It would have been a trash it would, movie. It, it, it wouldn't have worked. And it's and there's a reason why it wouldn't work. This movie, we'll get into it. Like this movie works because Nicolas Cage and John Travolta claim it. Like they go all in. And they have enough outsized personalities that it works. And bef- I don't want to get to a beginning. I want to say, you ever see Broken Arrow? I've seen it, but I don't remember it. I think I saw it like one time. That was like a practice run for this because Travolta's in it and Christian Slater's in it. It's like the, you know, main stars. Mm-hmm. And it's like you see it's like, you know, you see glimpses of Travolta like, you know, what he did in that translates to this. It's more subdued, but it's definitely there. Christian Slater doesn't have enough charisma to pull it off. So it's like he's in there just seeing like, you know, nah, you ain't like, you know, there's a reason John Stockton not running a team by himself. <laughs> that's what that's the vibe Christian Slater had. Like, you know, he's great when he's around other people. Yeah. And he's great when he don't like carry the weight. Him carrying the weight by himself, it's, it's not there. Same thing like Hard Target. Hard Target was a good Jean Claude Van Damme movie that would have been a lot better Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Um, what's interesting in what I found on IMDb was that they spent Cage and Travolta spent time around each other so that they could, you know, pick up gestures and the vocal cadence of each other, in which you can tell certain in certain scenes, like they are really going for it with the vocal cadence. Mm-hmm. I think I think Cage is a better doing it than Travolta at certain points. 
Okay. Who do you, who do you think is better in the movie? See, it's like I answered Craig. I think Travolta, I think Cage set the table, but it just looked like Travolta had more fun. He got to he got to really dive into the Castro Troy character. I didn't say who was I didn't say who had more fun, I said who was better. So those are two different questions. Okay. I'm gonna say that well, that's answers my question. I think Travolta. It's Cage. You wanna know why? Travolta's role is easier. Cause you he think? just said Yeah. Cause Travolta and we'll get to it, it's like, you know, they do enough in the beginning to set up the characters. All Travolta's doing, and it's important, he's not it's not an accident he's doing it. He's just playing an outside, goofy version of himself. And it works. Because it's kind of like, you need to do enough to make, the, you know, why is this Travolta different than the other Travolta? Like, you know, I'm basically playing Cash Detroit, so I got to do enough acting to, like, I used to be all stuck up and an asshole, and now I'm the Joker. So I just get to, like, choose scenery and do whatever I want. And it works because it's necessary. And Travolta's fine doing it. Cage is harder. Because, one, he has to set himself up as the villain in the beginning, just mm-hmm. enough to understand his mindset. And then he has to be, I'm the good guy pretending to be the bad guy and not losing my mind. Like, it's more, way more subdued. Like, I got to pretend to be this madman, but not really. I won't go too much into it. And it's like, the whole movie, he's like, borderline, like, I'm about to go insane. And it's, but it's, it's like subdued, but not too subdued. Yes, John Travolta is having more fun doing his role. Nicholas Cage's role is a lot harder because he got to juggle a lot more. Like he's basically like, you know, I know I'm a good guy. I got to pretend to be a bad guy around certain people and then good guys around this other people. I got to make sure I don't do this and that. And I make sure my mind don't crack and all this. Like I'm pretending to be the dude that murdered my son. And I got to do this for, you know, like it's a lot of stuff he's juggling, like little things he does. And it, he has to do it for a lot longer. So, Travolta's flashier, you know, because it has to be. It's like it's easy. It's fun when you got the true scenery and be flat. Like it's fun being the Will Smith character. It's harder being a Tommy Lee Jones character. You know, I never even looked at it that way. I really haven't. And you know, you just opened my eyes to something because I, I I really wasn't. I was just like, oh, Travolta's really doing but what you're saying. And another thing, me thinking about it right now is that Cage. See, we didn't get. All we saw was the hard-ass Travolta being a damn villain, having his people work for him and not paying attention to his wife. So when Cage gets the character, he has to show that, I guess, that, you know, the anger, the the unsureness, the, the going mad. So, yeah, I guess you are right. Yeah, you are right. He yeah. Probably, he did and, it, and it's enough hints. And one more thing we, go, we get into it is one thing about this movie out of all the four. This movie was not made to be watched on HDTV. Because I had never watched it on Blu-ray till I bought it last week and watched it. And I remember watching it and I was like, you know how when, when WWE's changed the cameras? Oh, yeah. High definition, okay, and then like they changed the sound and mic'd up the ring and then all of a sudden you just notice stuff like, oh, that drop kick got a lot of air. Yeah. And John Cena tossed a lot during his matches. Like you just saw seams you didn't see before and it took a while because like, you know, it took you out the, the match. Face-off is like that. Like you see, you remember that picture I showed you? Yeah. I had never noticed that before. You see people with the line, like the rope still on them. <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't see it in a movie theater and I didn't see when it was on TV. But watched it on like Blu-ray on a nice TV, like 
Yeah, you can tell when it's like stunt doubles. You can tell when it's like stuff that ain't supposed to be there. And it's a and John Woo loves his slow mo too. So it's like it's it's very noticeable. And Not in a bad way. It's just like it came out in a time when you didn't think you'd be able to see stuff as clear as you can now. And the stunt doubles are noticeable. <laughs> yeah, very noticeable. Like I almost we'll get to it, like I just say now, I forgot Margaret Cho's character basically gave a thrust kick. <laughs> to Pilot Troy. I'm like, it ain't no, I'm like, no offense to Margaret Cho, it ain't nowhere in the world she's throwing sweet chin music. I'm sorry. Like, and then I saw that, because I remember that, I remember somebody doing a move, I didn't realize it would be her character. So when I was watching, saw that, I was like, let me rewind this. And I watched it again, I started laughing. That's my text you. <laughs> Look, listen, I have to say this before, before we even keep going. John Travolta is the worst husband ever. I'm just going to say this now, and we'll get to it, and you'll know why, but he basically said, I'm going to go into this, far be it, good reasons, I guess you want to call them good reasons, but he put his family in danger. No matter what he thought or what they told him, he let how many people? Three people, no, two people and a doctor talked him into his this nuts scenario and he went along with well, it like a jackass well, well and it's well you're not wrong but we'll get a reason why so to understand why the movie start and you see john travolta in happier times with his son and nicholas cage rocking the greatest porn mustache you ever seen and it established like okay sean archer has to be important because Cassius troy is like this world-renowned world-class international fugitive terrorist and he's coming all the way to America to, to assassinate this man. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they Think about that. They yeah, so it's like, so so you already said, like, Sean Archer must be real good at his job, enough to get the attention of Castor Troy. Because he wasn't doing, like, somebody didn't pay Castor Troy to do it. He did it himself. The importance thing we'll, we'll, we'll dive into because. Come on now. I don't know how really? important he was. They never said. He tried, he tried to kill him. Okay. That's how important he was. He's oh, this man that's known killer like, Croatian ambassador blowing up stuff like this is a world class white terrorist. Okay, not an Arab fine. terrorist, not a black terrorist. He's a world class white terrorist. He traveled to America to murder this one FBI dude. Okay, but what we're saying is how they never established how how important Sean Archer was because remember by the what the third act in the film, this motherfucker is on the Time magazine. <sighs> They, they, the, okay. Bin Laden come and try to kill you himself. Firstly, you important. No, 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 no. We not. No. Gonna, we not gonna no. do that. We not gonna do that. No, I, I, I Wait, get. Troy, some guy like I, I shot up a school. Castro Troy is like I blow up buildings. I, I kill, you I, know, I kill politicians and ambassadors. I understand what you're saying, but who? He not, got paid ten. To, he he was paid ten million dollars to kill three Supreme Court justices. Okay. So the fact that this man came on his own dime to knock off Sean Archer show that yeah Sean Archer is somebody not to be trifled with. But how do we know that they didn't establish Sean Archer's character? You get what I'm saying? Like when he made when they when that third act and he said, "Oh, you made the Time Magazine." It was like, okay. He is a big thing now because he just stopped the bomb. He's getting all this news. Uh, you know, he's getting all the attention now. I'm just okay. saying in the I'm just saying at the beginning, like, did he take him out because 
like this guy was the top of the top of his job? Wait. Or did he find out something he was gonna be the new person after him? He didn't establish it's, not, it's not like he checked Twitter. <laughs> come on, that's come on. I heard his mixtape, I heard he was hot on the streets. Like this man came. Okay, the fact you don't know in the beginning because you don't know who Cassius Troy is and you know who Sean Archer is. So Cassius Troy is trying to kill Sean Archer when he's on the um carousel. She Sean Archer doesn't kill him, kills the son. Oh. See Cassius Troy faces like he didn't want to do it. Like you know he wasn't smart like that. It's like I was trying. And he said like you know I was you know I was trying to kill you. I didn't mean to kill your son. Collateral damage. Like he was there to kill Sean Archer. But you and, didn't you know, get, slow, get over it. And, wow. Yeah, you know, slow motion because John Woo loves his slow motion, loves his birds. So that happens. Six years later, you see all these awards, presidential medal, accommodation, accommodation, like five or six just all on the wall. And they don't make a damn different song. Archer's just this hard ass, like, you know, what y'all sitting around for? We, need, we got work to do. Y'all hear about Cassie Troy? And they are like, you say we need to no. break. Yeah, like man, give him a break. Like they'll get a break when the case breaks. Like he just got a, he just everybody's got their face frowned up. Like man, I wish they just shot him. <laughs> Margaret Cho got the stink face on, and Tito, bless his soul, Bunny Coven himself was trying to like you know calm him down. It's like he was like that one you know part of humanity, like you know try humanize him. And Sean Arch, like it's basically said at the point. Six years and a lot of wars later, Sean Archer is a very different man. He's just like, I'm obsessed with getting cash to Troy. And you can't blame like he did kill oh, yeah. He did kill us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story so, wise, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And then you get Cash to Troy's thing. And whew. See, this is hard. Like Nicholas Cage plays it, plays Cash to Troy so much differently than John Travolta, because Nicholas Cage has natural charisma. And John Travolta's like pretending to have the career. Like, John Travolta's charismatic, but it's different. He's, like, overplaying the role purposely. And you see him there, like, you know, he's setting up this, basically this biological bomb with a, you know, chemical payload. And it's, like, at a, like, what, church convention? I guess that's what it was, because I wasn't, yeah. I never was sure about that. He's there with, you know, with the religious garb on, and it's like, okay, this man is world famous, and he just walking around L.A., and nobody, nobody recognize him? Nobody. And, and it's not like he's got a hat on or he's hiding his face. He's just walking around. Yeah, walking around, and they're like, I'm going to get in the choir and attract attention to myself. And then he walks behind this girl, starts flirting. And when I say girl, I mean girl, because this, this girl is a teenager. And I get creeped out every time I see this scene. And I'm trying to be like, who wrote this? I know it's kind of like a staff, like, you know, Cassatory is a pervert and a dirtbag. But why they got him following this girl? It, why she singing, why she singing hallelujah? It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. And they zoom in his face and he got his mouth open like he just crossed path. Like, and I'm just sitting here like, yuck. Because I, like I told you, I think she was supposed to be like 16, and it, that that was the whole thing. Because you got to think about it, that's 97, and I remember movies doing things like that, and it, mm-hmm. it's just gross. But whatever. 
it was it, it was during the era of like you know the crush and wild things and all that so but just like yuck. and i think that was the point that like you know don't like this guy too much because he's a dirt bag and yeah we just gloss over the plan so basically some militia group you know paid was gonna pay them 10 million dollars to kill three supreme court justices and that was like oh yeah that was the plan can you imagine that now Three of them. Three. Not even one. Three. <laughs> and basically, it would have been like Ruth Bader, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and like Aline Kagan. It would have been like three liberal ones because this ain't militia group ain't knocking off conservative ones. They ain't, we ain't trying to get Clarence Thomas. So, <laughs> so that was the whole plan. And then meanwhile, Sean Archer gets, you know, gets sniff of the plan. Cause Cash Detroit, dumbass brother, pays for the plane himself. <laughs> Even if the paper cash is like, you know, we heard Pollux somehow they found out like Pollux Troy pay for a plane somewhere. It's like, let's go, like, you know, well, we didn't hear from the cash, like, you know, you know, possible anywhere else, big brother. And then So wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about his brother. Was his brother supposed to be I don't know what the nice. How's the nice way to say it? Because he had to keep tying his shoes and weird stuff like that. And I'm like, socially awkward. That's why. Like, okay, he's supposed to be socially awkward. All right. Well, it was like you know they said in one of the one of the um, jobs, like you know some guy got shot 14 times. Amount of bullets showed that Pollux might have been involved. So Pollux wasn't just a computer man. He was letting off shots too. Oh. So he was just like you know the socially awkward smart dude that needed help from his big brother. So you know, you see. And it's funny, Cash Detroit drove himself to the airport. He didn't have a drive. He got the driver's seat in slow motion. He stripped his arm off. The same thing Puff Daddy bit off himself in that video. Got the arms out, the wind blowing. Got the two guns behind him. Got the package with the chiclets, the dragon money belt. It's like, they're looking. And it's like, this is a John Woo thing. John mm-hmm. Woo wants to be cool. He's like, I'm going to make sure you know this is the coolest person that you've ever seen, even when she can be cool. Because everybody else is like all slumped up and stuff. Pilots got bad, you know, posture. And you know, it wasn't until today I realized that the dude with the scar was Tommy Flanagan. Oh, yeah. Homie is, uh, I think he's been in a lot of more movies that I just didn't even pay, you know, pay attention to him. Because he just looks so much different now. Yeah, yeah he's like older now. And you older. recognize like younger him was like, wait a second. That chin and scar look familiar. Yeah, that's where I saw the scar. And I was like, I but I saw this when it came out. I didn't recognize that was him. So I never had thought to think back that was him until like, you know, seeing Sons of Anarchy and Guards of the Galaxy and then seeing who assassin. I watched the guy I'm like, wait a second. I know that face. So basically, you know, he chastised Pollux for like, you know, paying for the plane himself. He's like, that's what the boys for to, you know, to hide off. All of a sudden, it's like, you know, to hide our famous faces. He didn't care about being hit before when he like, you know, the LA Convention Center. But now it's like, you know, hide the faces. And then, you know, it's like, I pay you to protect him from everybody, including himself. And it's one of those things like, you know, Pollux is sloppy. Pollux is great his job. But Cash is the big brother. And he's there protecting, like, you know, tying the shoe. And it's showing this whole, you know, these brothers love each other. They got each other's back. Mm-hmm. Humanize this dirt bag just for a little bit. And then they get on the plane. Flirting with the stewardess. <laughs> I, 
Hmm. I could eat a peach. I could eat a peach for hours. You know, Bruce is like, you know, probably nice guy. He's like, you know, what if I had you suck my? What if I told asked you to suck my tongue? And she doing. And I'm like, the things you do while you're on the cover. This was just disgusting. Yeah, she went all in too. Mm-hmm. To do what she got to do, and then all of a sudden, Archer show up with like out him and ten other cars sneak up on his plane with a helicopter. <laughs> I, 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 sneak, sneak is a raw word because when they came, they came with everybody. And he went from flirting to like, has to like get off me, like time to go. And they try, you know, she trying to like arrest him. Pollock's put, Pollock's put that work on her. Like <laughs> it was not no fair fight. But it was like, and it was like the the violence was just in case people don't realize this is an R rated movie. And oh, this is a, yeah. And this is early round movie, you know. And they. Chasing and then Cash, you know, Casta opens up the plane door, has the girl tomorrow. What are you doing, Sean? Shoots her, makes the face, she rolls, and he does that shrug you see on Twitter. <laughs> Whenever you first time you put face off on Twitter, and that's one of the first three pictures that come <laughs> up is Nicholas Cage doing that shrug. Oh man. And uh, you yeah, know yeah. the funny thing is, how many people don't even realize, you know, the before and after it? And oh, it's just a funny, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's that from? Oh yeah, he shot some. He shot some woman on the cover. She rolled like fifty feet. So they chasing, still chasing, shooting at the plane, trying to take off. Sean, get, matter of fact, Archer's in a helicopter. Yeah, you know, he no, he got, took over the helicopter. He took over the helicopter, like you know, prevent this plane from flying. They're like, what? He's like, you can't go, don't, because matter of fact, he was going to try to go, they was going to do with that, don't, you can't go chicken with a jumbo jet or something like that, because he was like, yeah, we're going to do some fast and furious stuff, the plane going to move, I'm not going to move, the plane ain't move, he moves, got in a helicopter, took out one of the flaps, shot out one of the engines, Cash just like, you know, why are we flying, because it's like, you know, he don't believe in like common sense. <laughs> pilot's like he can't take off. He shoots the pilot. He shoots and the does, pilot. Shot <laughs> does like a wide turn into the hangar. Like he did not think out this plan. So the plane crashed. Whole bunch of pyrotechnics because John Woo loves his explosions as much as Michael Bay. And then you had the slow mo of Cassie Troy jumping out the plane sideways with both guns sideways <laughs> shooting folks. Guess, sideways. Guess who followed suit? His brother did it sideways too. <laughs> and it looked a lot less graceful. It's like they put his brother there just to look like we want to have Nicholas Cage look real cool <laughs> by having the clumsiest, most awkward dude alive as his brother. So uh-huh. they going through, and you see some of the stuff like John Woo's actually ridiculous. Cast a choice you want to do with a shotgun. The dude that had the rope on his back, dude flies like ten feet. <laughs> Shotguns are not that strong. So anyway, Pollock is pinned down. You know, gets you know, like I think they shoot like some water bottles, something like that. And then Margaret Cho's character does a thrust kick. Tough. A straight through. I'm like, okay, it ain't nothing you see from her character to realize she can pull that off. And you can tell it ain't her. Like it's an obvious stunt person, but like John won't care because it's the first of many sweet. I'm like the Young Bucks book this fight scene. Because it's the first of many spin kicks and thrust kicks people are throwing out. So, you know, Pops is taken down. You know, he's getting corralled. He looks at Kay like, Cash. And Cash <laughs> Troy looked at him like, tell me when you make bail, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he won't, he won't stick in the round. 
Yeah, he because he busy shooting all the like Sean Archer. Sean trying to protect people. Like I, I say, quote unquote, protect people because basically tell him get out the way or get down. I got this. And you know his friends keep getting shot. And just to show how badass Sean Archer is, he shoots the chain. So the chain can go up and he's hanging on the chain with one arm, shooting at Cassidy with the other arm, while Cassidy slide down the conveyor belt. And I'm like, put them in the triathlon. Well, now, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like Sean Archer was on uh, a suicide mission? Like, it just didn't matter. He didn't, he didn't want anybody else to get hurt, but he was like, yo, I'm going to get this dude or die trying. Like, I'm really Do I think that? Yeah. Um, he told us he was. The difference between me and you is like, you know, I don't care if I live and you do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He didn't give a rat. He didn't give a rat. His, his whole thing was, I'm going to get Cass and Troy, get Cass or die trying. That was his mixtape. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure. Because he basically said, basically said he was. Because I, I just noticed how he was so protective of everybody else. Get out of the way. Move. Pushing people, you know, all that, you know, like you just said. And then for him, he was just like, Man, I don't care. I'm going to dive into the bullets. I'm going to hijack this helicopter. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And but, then they meet up finally, and it's like, you know, you better you better shoot me because, you know, you only got one bullet left. Make sure you don't miss like you too. And they stand up. I guess you know your gun. It's like he's first time you see them interacting together. It's like, you know, you're doing this stuff. Why don't you join with me? Blow some shit up. It'll be fun. And he was still shut the fuck up. You watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> and it's, it's this funny thing, like, well, Cassatroy don't like cursing from other people. Like little <laughs> little quirks, Nicholas Cage would put like enough quirks in there to establish his characters. Like, you know, I'm about to give Hele, you know, the treatment it deserves. But if you let me and my brother walk, you know, I'll let it slide. He's like, you bluff. He's like, oh, you know, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. You know, you know, how would you little how would you live with yourself if I'm gone? It's like, you know, talking about little, your girl Jamie, she she a piece, she ripe yet, huh? Right, right, come on. And pulls the trigger. And then as soon as there's no bullet, his whole demeanor changes. Yeah, oh, he bitched up. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm scared, Shawnee. <laughs> <laughs> this, listen, this is, is what I what you text me and what I text you. This is Batman versus the Joker, and Batman doesn't have a code. Yeah, like, it's imagine, you know, like, I'm so scared, I'm sorry. Like, you know, trying to distract him, he got the knife out, start singing. And then pulls the knife out. Sean Archer kicks the knife out of his hand. Then gives him a thrust kick without dropping his leg. Hits a jet engine button. Flies him like 100 feet into a gate. <laughs> and somehow, Cassatroy ain't dead. Cassatroy, his neck ain't broken, but he's just like out in a coma. Yeah, he's so, in a coma. Just a small so, coma. So, you know, they finally got him. Mission's, you know, mission's successful. They try to celebrate. You know, CIA sent over some. Oh, I know the CIA catered, send it back. Well, let's name all the people. You know, they all been celebrating. Let me name all the people who died and got shot so I can bring the party down. Spinelli, Pincus, such and such, such and such, and everybody party like this motherfucker right here. Yeah, this this is over with. I'm ready to clock out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just brought the whole party down. Case closed. Goes the goes his wife. And I will say this about the movie, his wife, Joan. This is one of the few movies where the husband and wife are age appropriate. Age appropriate. And I thought his wife, the lady that played his wife, did a tremendous job because she gave the character of the wife exactly what you would think. Like 
My husband's never around. We really don't have a relationship. And I'm dealing with this crazy child right now. So she played jo- the role. We'll give respect on Joan Allen's name because that's what that was. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, we're going through this. It's like, it'll finally be cool. And then, oh, this happened early. Something got happened in the movie. I mean, like, you know, the bombs there, they got to find out. And then they find plans like the, a, a this, like Pollock's Troy had on there, like, you know, describe the bomb, thermal cloak, yada, yada, yada. It's like, oh, it's a bomb there. So he starts doing it the old FBI way. I'm going to basically beat people with phone books and make them crap their pants to find out what's going on. It's like Sean Archer's like, due process don't mean jack shit. I got a question though. What's the question? And it's I was that okay. This is when we first see Sasha, okay. played by G- Gina Gershon herself. Uh-huh. What's the relation between her and her brother? Ooh, I know what you talked about too. Oh, you know I, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't understand that. That threw me Sasha. off for a minute. Sasa and Dietrich's like they obviously close because he threatens, you know, he threatens him later on. Somebody, y'all can bring your sister in here again. And then you see near the end, they kiss each other goodbye, and there wasn't no kiss on the cheek neither. So that might, have, that might not have been Caster's kid, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so look, hold the time out. Because when I saw I had to rethink. I was like, wait a minute. That's his sister. What the hell? Yeah, and they play, and they play all like it was no big deal. Like I don't know if it's passionate like that. So you know, Sasha in there, I guess that's cast his old flame. And it's like you know, I mean, yeah, you already convicted, you already convicted felon. One call from me, your son going to social services. It's like, damn, Sean. She's like, you know, I can see you make a threat like that. It's like you ever hurt my son? He looking at like. You know, like that, that P. Diddy gif when he looking at the dude, the dude's back. That's basically <laughs> how he was to her. He's like, you know, I hadn't seen him in years. And then Dietrich the Casavetis himself with the Hashimishima coat on. Like, I know he had a hot-ass coat in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, come on now. He's like, you know, the stick this reeks to you. He's like, you know, maybe, but you ain't got nothing. And you know it. And it's like, yeah, you know, I can question you some more. I can bring your sister again. And what do you say? Sean, how's your dead son? Wow. Wow. And all the rage comes out of uh, Sean Archer. Put the gun in his face. <laughs> all up in his face. Like Daniel Bryan up on Buddy Murphy. Like <laughs> all up in this girl. Like I don't know anything. The only thing I heard, the AT, that's all I know. Of course, they interview Pollock. She's like, you know. Is the crime in America to educate the mind? I'm not saying anything without my brother. Yo, you got to stop when he's impersonations. Because <laughs> they're like, you know, why make the bomb plans if you ain't going to do nothing? He all like, you know, he does the Dr. Evil finger wave and all that. He like, I ain't telling y'all shit. So, and this is when they figure out they run out of time. And CCH Pounder, Amanda Waller himself, herself, CCH Pounder come in like, you know, what if what if you could be Cash Destroy? Wow. This. Okay, we gotta talk about this plan. Oh, do we? You think? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Before we break down the plan, they everybody involved knew the plan was a bad idea. Absolutely. Every single person. The doctor was the only one that was like, ah, oh, it'd be fine. But she wasn't cool with it. Tito definitely wasn't cool with it. Sean was like, Y'all kiss 
hell no. Like, mm-hmm. no, I ain't doing it. Because it's like, basically the plan and why this movie is so religious and infamy was since Pa's the only person that knows and he's only going to talk to Cassie Troy, they're going to take Cassie Troy's face off, take off Sean Archer's face, switch faces so Sean, so Cassie Troy's face will be on Sean Archer's body so he can talk to Pa's Troy, get the information and disarm the bomb hopefully in time. We're going to ignore the part that's like, you know, John Travolta is about two inches and 20 pounds bigger than Nicolas Cage. Sometimes, you know, you may not know this height. We're going to ignore the part like, yeah, Sean Archer, you know, he knows everything about him, yada, 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 but they speak differently. We're going to ignore that part. Walk, like, you know, just going to go ahead. We're going to make this plan and we ain't going to tell nobody. Nobody. And we just and we're not gonna keep an eye on Cassie Troy's body just in case, because you know you cut some of our face off, they might wake up. We're not gonna keep them in an induced coma. We're not gonna have guards. We're just gonna do this plan, because it's the only plan to save LA. Can't tell your boss. Can't tell your wife. Only three of us know. And what can go wrong? What can go wrong? Well, you didn't keep any guards around, and you didn't keep him in an induced coma because eventually somebody may wake up out of a coma. Yeah. So anyway, it's like you know he's thinking about the plan. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And then he tells Eve like, I'm going on this last mission, going away, and they like this. And then they have the actual surgery, and this shit is so damn gruesome. You know, I didn't think it was. I mean, yes, it's gruesome, but I think when I was younger, I think it bothered me. But now I was just like. I guess I ain't seen too much. You see, I mean, I play Mortal Kombat all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm a and I'm a pharmacist, so I'm I had anatomy in school. I seen what a skeleton is only look like. Well, when they took his face off his skull, and you basically see like the muscular muscularity and the and anything like that, and it's it's you don't see it a lot. You see just enough to see his like this is like you would not want me eating no nachos when you just watch this in the movie theater. Oh no. And, you know, they're talking about, oh, you know, we're going to do lipo hair, skin plugs, they like that, you know, heights, negligible. Yeah, all right. Like two, in- two inches make a damn difference. Like if I was two inches shorter, I'd notice. Negligible my ass. So whatever. You know, like, wait, we're going to do lipo. So they do the whole thing. Take the face, you know, take the face off, take- drop it in the water, take the other face off, put it on. And then... This is when the movie changed. So now Nicolas Cage is the good guy. So he's waking up and he looks in the mirror and he sees the face of his worst enemy. And of course, what's the first thing he do? Goes Nicolas Cage. He loses his damn mind. (laughs) Just like looking around trying to break the mirrors and he about to have a nervous breakdown. Tito there like it's going to be okay and everything like that. It ain't going to be okay. (laughs) Not at all. No, because the voice changed and everything like that, so he sounds like him. And the plan is like, you know, got three days, and then wherever you get it or not, we're gonna pull you out and everything like that. And I'm like, I wonder. John Woo got this, you know, he got this script alone when he first came to America, and he was like, eh, I don't know about the sci-fi stuff when he first got it, because it seemed like it seemed ridiculous when the movie came out. 2019. It don't seem that ridiculous. Oh, no. I'm sure somebody's like, hey, maybe we can reboot this eventually. I mean, I'm talking about like in real life doing that. Because you remember the joke in Spy, like Jason Statham's like, I heard y'all got a face-off machine in the in the basement. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like just thinking like the science behind that and just kind of like, yeah. But anyway, that happens. So he's going to get, you know, so basically goes three days. And what was it? Amwar? One war prison? I think it was Amwar. Something like that. So, you know, going there. And then it's like, you know, of course, this is face space age prison. So they got the magnetic boots. It's like, you know, Amnesty International movie exists, yada, yada, yada. You belong to us. Get this speech. So he's going in there trying to get his bearings and stuff and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, meanwhile, who wakes up? Cast of Troy. How does he wake up? <laughs> what, he just wakes up? He just, just pops up, doesn't he? Uh-huh. And what's he doing? Rubbing he's his noticing face. like... Something real funny. Yeah. Touches his face, looks at his fingers. Blood. Then he look at the bear. And what's he do? <laughs> <laughs> Gets on a phone call. He's like, it's me. Somebody took my fucking. We're going to deal with it. <laughs> Do it. I just imagine if I woke up and my goddamn face was gone and I saw the man who put me to coma with face floating in some water and I'm already not sane. Yeah, then he he really was a joker. Like yeah. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> like, whatever sanity he might have had probably just cracked. And it's funny, it's like he already knew what the plan was. So anyway, you know, good cast is in there trying to get his bearings, you know, and then sees you know some dude threatens him it's like you know like you know i can end you little man you know, ooh. then all do both jumps him and when he sees pollux and it's like you know you figure out why later you know getting a fight can't handle himself because like you know i'm still trying to figure out how to be this person i'm getting beat up possibly maybe like brother you ain't got the juice no more so it's like i gotta figure out how to be cast troy so you see his face change he make the joker grin he start beating him up it's like yeah i'm cast troy start getting into it hitting him some more start playing like this is how i'm doing then you see him get more hype more hype hitting mm-hmm. him with the pants stuff like that like he's really getting into it and he stops himself he's like you know i'm getting a little too much into it fights you know so this is like how it starts it's kind of like he's a good guy that's being as the face of a bad guy and has to pretend to be this guy while not being too much of this guy. And that's why I say Nicholas Cage had the harder job because, like, you know how Cassie Troy is at this point. So now you're seeing Sean Archer pretend to be Cassie Troy, but he can't be 100% Cassie Troy because he's still Sean Archer. So it's like Nicholas Cage. So it's basically Nicolas Cage pretending to be John Travolta, pretending to be Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and I think if I think that's what I, when you initially asked the question, I really didn't like think think about it because now I'm like, yeah, that is kind of hard to play because he has to have that, I guess you know, self awareness to be like I can't go but so far, I yeah. can't go over the edge even no matter what. But he still has to remember all this stuff. And keep in mind, he has to pretend to be Castor Troy and recognize all this, remember all this stuff. But he's not Castor Troy. 
So it's like, you know, oh, Pollux, why y'all, you know, what's wrong? You look at it like, what's wrong with you, brother? You know, <laughs> synapses and stuff, and, you know, brain not working right. And it's like, you know, it's so paranoid. I used to tuck you and get your pills. Oh, what pills were that? And it's like, uh oh, it's the jig up. He's trying to think. He's like, come on. You know, I used to give you five backs all the time. And then Pollux kind of like side relief, like, who else would know that? You know, so. It's the only way they're talking. And it's funny. It only takes like 15 seconds for him to figure out the plan. It's like, you know, it's a shame about the bar. Like, oh, rub it in, why don't you? Hillbilly militia is going to keep their money. We don't even get paid our cash. It's like, yeah, you know, it's a shame, though, because it was a work of art. It should be in the lose. Like, oh, you're right. I guess the LA Coliseum will have to do. Yeah. And then he got a little smile. And it's funny where he knows what's up. But um, Pollux don't know why you like. Why are you looking at it like that? He's like, you know, thank you, like for what? He's like, you're so pathetic. He's like, why are you doing that to me, bro? Like that look <laughs> on his face, like what's going on? And, and he don't know. And you know, cat, you know, good catch there with a shit in your grin, thinking it's gonna be fine. Someone you got a visitor. He's smiling. When and you knew this part was coming. He's smiling, thinking everything all good. Maybe it's Tito ready to get him out. And who do you see? Himself. Mm. Man, did that face. He like he's in a dream. Mm-hmm. The way they film it, because it's like the slow cut, and you see it, and you see his face, and you see Sean Archer there, and his face covered by like a Mac, like a newspaper, and Nicholas and Nicholas Cage face just falls. Like I'm about to die. <laughs> like it's like it, when he's, he's trying to hold it in and film, because it's like the worst thing of Matt, because. You think about what's the worst thing that could happen. You never would have thought that would happen. And, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I say he's the worst husband ever. Because it almost it's almost he didn't think about that. Like, I mean, there should have been things like, okay, we need guards around him just in case he wakes up. At least. He say, don't worry, he's a turnip and put her cigarette out on him. So it's like a stab, like, oh, don't worry, he ain't gonna wake up. It's like, don't take any chances. And yeah. that's the whole thing. There's too many assumptions. So this is when John Travolta get to be, you know, villain. I get to amp up everything to a thousand, John Travolta. Like, and like, I'm on, you know what John Travolta was? Like a villain on Dragon Ball Z. He was like Frieza. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Because he was he, very animated. He was he's like, really good looking. <laughs> ha. Like, you know, just all the lot like it's like look into a mirror but not. And Nicholas Cage is like, oh, oh, face to, uh, take your face. Like, yeah. Show him the ring. See anything you like? Show him the ring. And he realized, oh yeah, Tito dead. He's like, you know, yeah. You know, I torched everything that proves, you know, facelift costs five grand. Tito, um, special agent and the doctor. Wrong. Got burnt alive, not just dead. Make sure. So now nobody knows what happened. Nobody, no consistency plan. It's like you know, yeah. I guess you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years. <laughs> it just rubbed it in. And at this point, you know, good caster, fake caster, Sean Archer is about to have a damn stroke. Like he can barely speak. It's like you know, I got a government job to abuse. And a lonely wife to fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. I said out loud. I'm sorry. Love to. And by that time, 
he just lost it. He's like, I'm going to strangle you. Because it's kind of like you find out in like a minute that your worst enemy is alive. He has your identity, killed your best friend, eliminated all proof that what happened happened, and now I'm about to take your job your family, and you can't do a damn thing about it. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to speak either. I'd be looking like Nicolas Cage as well. And he just, and the way he plays, like he's trying to hold it together, and you know he can. He's just there, and he's just cracking slow, and then fast, and then he just loses it. So, meanwhile, he's, you know, fake Sean Archer's out there, busts his brother out. Like, you know, we're going to go ahead and go straight. I guess his brother, like, okay, you know, trying to figure out what happened with the plans. Like, oh, you know, this should happen. How you think I feel? I got this ridiculous face. Look at this damn chin. <laughs> It was like, you know, we're going to go straight. And Paul's like, oh, it looks like you substituted your mind as well as your face. Yeah. He's like, you don't need to just stop. Stop that. I'm sorry. His voice is just so easy. It's just the same. We just got to talk like this, mumbling, and you can say anything you want, bro. So anyway, it's like, you know, we go straight. We get rid of all of our enemies. We get to use the government as our thing. It's like, it's a smart plan. Yeah, because nobody knows like Sean Archer, the hero. And somehow people don't realize that his whole personality changed. Like, oh, well, you know, he did get rid of Cassie Troy. Maybe he's in a better mood now. See, that's why it works with his colleagues, because he was such an asshole for five years. They're not going to pay too much attention. Like, oh, he nice. But his wife should have known from Jump Street. It's enough in there to throw. Don't worry, she's guilty. It's enough in there to throw her off. Cause the same way is like you know he was distant. It's like you know he's still coping and everything like that. So it's like you know maybe he's just better. But you know anyway, <laughs> Cassie Troy in there rocking himself away. Sean Archer goes in there, disarms the bomb. Tomorrow you know, move away your team, Captain. I got I got this. <laughs> disarms the bomb. Has a press conference. When do FBI agents have press conference? Like, you know, can't say what Harry like that, but I know he's watching. I just got one say one thing. Interception. Now our team got the ball. Like just rubbing it in. Like he know you know, Cassius is watching. And at this point, it's like, you know, Sean Archer might as well be like damn Patrick Mahomes. Like he just <laughs> the most popular man in America. And Cassius probably figured, like, you know, how I'm gonna get out of here. And it's like I gotta get these boots off. And here is the most improbable part of the movie. And that's saying a lot with this movie. Mm -hmm. So somehow he convinced Duvall, who as far as he knows, Cassie Troy had sex with his wife and his sister. sister. He was locked up. And he's getting electrocuted. He's going to, you know, first he's getting a fight so he can get the boots off. He's convincing, like, you know, I didn't do it. Why don't we get out of here? Apparently that's all it took. So they working together. Did they... I feel like that plan came together weird. Did, did they have a conversation before that? No, that was the conversation. I didn't do plan, it. <laughs> plan was a hell Mary. He's like, how I get these boots off? It's like, they only come off when you get electrocuted. All right. I'm going to get myself electrocuted to get the boots off. At this point, he's desperate. He yeah. just know he got to get out, and he know he don't got time on his side. Nobody believes him. He has no allies. So the plan is insane. It's like he just hoping, because like if Duboff don't do nothing, he getting electrocuted. Yeah. He getting lobotomized. It don't work. So it's like maybe some men there that he might trust me, even though he has no reason to trust me. So they fighting together. Duboff dies. 
oh well, it's a shame. You only <laughs> him and his two lines somehow catch the choice escapes because they haven't riot. And then maybe he okay. You tell me Sean Archer didn't realize this jail was an oil derrick in the middle of the ocean. Not at all. How? I don't know. But he didn't realize it. Because I know they blindfolded when they got him there. But it's like, okay, you in a helicopter. You never heard of this prison? I'm like, you Sean Archer, FBI. This, it's, Again, is that the same prison? Which sides would I say it? He wasn't that important the way you're trying to make him. No. Presidential Medal of Freedom. He's like the number two man in the FBI. Because mm. keep in mind, he's the dude right under his boss. Yeah. His boss is the director of the FBI. So this ain't no so by this time he might not have been he was well known known for Castle Choice six years ago. But by now he a big damn deal. Okay. He like he having conversations with the boss. Well, he like, was, and he, he was what he tell the boss? Run the bureau any goddamn way you want then. <laughs> so yeah, he was just some regular dude punching the clock. But he had well, okay. They didn't let him know about everything then. So no, he didn't know about that jail. So the only way they didn't know is like this is the same part of the same prison system that escape plan was where they just had these jails no one knows about so he's there and he's like no no <laughs> and he realized in the middle of nowhere and then a damn helicopter with a machine gun shooting at you and this is the most ridiculous part of the movie yeah. how high was he up when he jumped off the, the um, oil rig a hundred feet maybe maybe at, at least 150 feet Falls feet first in the water. Somehow doesn't break every bone in his body. And just swims the shore? Now, okay. From what that camera, from what the camera angles they showed, there was no land anywhere. There was no land anywhere. And I'm going to have to guess. You saw old Derek and a boat. (laughs) I'm trying to see. That man swim all the way to to land. And that helicopter is like, oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. And he swam all the way to shore. Yeah. That way he swam like three. Wait, he Aquaman? Like Man. that's and I'm like, okay. And they don't explain it. They just go with go it. Go with it, yeah. And I'm watching this. I'm like, even when I was on the movie, it's like, I'm like, did he swim to the boat? <laughs> like, it ain't nowhere in the world. And even if he was swimming, the helicopter ain't just doing another go around. Go around to see if you're alive, see if he come back up. <laughs> so they don't. And then he's celebrating. And then, you know, they find out, oh, you got some good news. Cassie Troy just died in such a prison. <laughs> and like, oh, I, I got to see it. I got to see the body recovered by, like, it hasn't been recovered yet. It hasn't been recovered yet? <laughs> like, he just loses it. Like, get the LAPD on this. They're like, relax. You know, Cassie Troy's probably dead. Then he does the whole finger thing. It's like, you have, you don't understand. Cassie Troy's already here. Little joking joke. Like, and somehow Cassatroy swam to shore, found, you know, commandeered a car, found some chains to call his wife, and tried to convince her, like, oh, you know, the person you wish not your husband, take Jamie, go to your mom's. And she like, who's this? Exactly. She does what a normal wife would do. Don't call, Don't call me again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then try to call FBI, call his boss, Victor Lazario. Then, you know, Sean Archer is like, Sean Archer here. Well, if you're Sean Archer, that must mean I'm casting Troy. So now he knows. They know he, that was a bad plan. He should have hung up the phone. Yeah. Because it's like, 
he because even okay, Sean Archer won't assume that he's alive, but he doesn't know for sure. He's searching. The moment he's on the phone, he then he knows he's alive, and he already got a general idea like where he's gonna go. And you already have his face. So they're gonna be looking for you. So it's like you really want to. You should have just played it cool. Played the you know sneaking. You gave, the, you gave him the element of surprise. You already know your options are limited. So his options are limited. So we see the different parts of life. Sean Archer's trying to you know deal with home life. And he's like you know read the diary. First he forgets where his house is, and then you know talking to Eve's like oh you know I'm go flirting. She's like oh what's going on with you? I gotta go to work. He's like I hate to see you go. But I love to watch you leave. And they zooming in on on her on her milf ass. <laughs> like John Woo a pervert. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> at that time it was a okay. He just laughed at all. You see that go on. And meanwhile, you know, where would Cassius Roy go? His old friend Dietrich House. And then Dietrich's there like, oh, you still selling drugs and such and such. Oh, you know, Cash like, what's wrong? Like you fucked your mother. Because he's standing there, like almost scared of yeah. him. Yeah. Okay, what's going on? It's like, yeah, I heard you was dead. Like, you know, not really taking the drugs. They're bringing him the guns and stuff and the case and everything. And this is just like, you know, he trying to like he's trying to figure out what he almost died. And now he's around these people that he probably put in jail or hasted guts. He got to pretend to be their friend while still working out all this brain stuff in there. It's like, oh, you know, you want to escape? It's like, I ain't going anywhere. Take out Sean Archer. They're looking at him like, nah, how you gonna go in there? He's like, you know, dude, tell him the chill. Like, nah, you know, his house protected. How are you gonna, like, you know, passwords, such and such, such number? I'm like, how you know that? This is <laughs> the birthday of his this son's birthday. Wow. And they looking at him, start laughing. He's like, and then he start, and then it's the other gift you see when he starts to, he try not to laugh, and he starts to laugh, and he's like stifling it, and then he just laughing his ass off with Dietrich and stuff, and it's like, this is when you get Nick Cage, this is like the beginning, like, um, when people think of Nick Cage now, they think of scenes like this, yeah, where it's just this whole manic, just mania, like, he's just, he's under control, but it looks like he's just losing his mind. And he's like, you know, we're going to go in there. And what you going to do? You're going to take his face off. Like, you going to do what? Like, take his face off. And they like, oh, okay, don't get this man no more drugs. No more drugs. So, so he's there looking in the mirror about to shoot the reflection. Because he's basically like going insane at this point. He doesn't know who he is. Hey, well, that and the, and the drugs. So And the drugs. And, you know, Sasha comes in there, sees him. He's like, I'm me, and then she slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sean Archer gets to be Daddy of the Year. He's doing the whole, you know, reads the diary, talking about oh, haven't had sex in what two months. What a loser! <laughs> <laughs> and he, and it's kind of like it's he started to do weird stuff because he's sweeping Eve off her feet, and it's like, is it doing it to try to like be get at you know Sean Archer? Does he really like her? Cause like I took it as he was doing it because he thought that's what Sean Archer would do. Pre before getting his son, you know, before killing his yeah. son, he probably thought, it's "Well, like, this is the life he would live." But at the beginning, he was like playing as a joke. But the more time he spent, the more he kind of gave into it. Cause he's doing this with Eve. He's all romantic and stuff. It was like you know, I hung up on the president because like the day Sean Archer doesn't get to be with his wife, the day Sean Archer stops serving this country and all that stuff. And it's like. He landed on thick, but it sounds sincere. 
And then the stuff with Jamie when she almost get raped, mm-hmm. and he kicked and he kicked the driver's side window and beat the brakes off this jackass. Was that your man Saying from Seventy Show? I hope so. Look like him, it Danny Masterson. Like, yeah, I think it was, I think it yeah. was him. He's in, he's in the movie, so yeah. He made him say, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> he would say, "You know." Dress up like ghoul, like dress up like Halloween, and ghouls will try to get in your pants. He's like, "Oh, you trying to slut shame me?" It's like, you know, you're protection. She's like, "Oh, like condoms." Pull the knife out. Nah, this type of protection. And teach a lesson he should have taught. Like, you know, stick, like let him, let him get his pants down. Stick the knife in and twist it so the wound won't close. Mm. Answer the knife. She looking at him like, "Okay, dad." Like I'm, you know. I never seen my dad this way. First, I seen him being cool, smoking a cigarette. Now he out here for protection. He's sitting there like, you know, I'm. I get to be a good husband. I get to be a good dad. He don't got to do this. No, he doesn't. But he did it. And, you know, it's kind of like you know, you don't want to have too much attention because you can't let your daughter get raped. So, but it's like living life lessons that you don't have to give. It's like kind of like he can't help because it's kind of like Cassie Troy still has something in him. Like family's important. You can tell how it's with his brother. And you could tell he had like a little bit of remorse when he killed his son. So that's why I say the beginning is so important. Nicholas Cage established enough for Castor Troy. So when this stuff happens, it has more weight. But you're right, Eve should have figured out, you know, I'm having sex with this man. This man ain't my husband. Well, not only that, it's a way, you know, your wife, your wife knows you. So she knows your mood swings. She knows things that you do. And like when, like when you say he was putting it on real thick, was he doing that before the, you know the, the son got killed? That was always my question. Was he like that? Because she would have just been like, "Wait a minute, what's up with you?" She never well, gave. He said she never gave she the side eye for a, for a long time. She asked questions like, you know, first when he came home, he seemed kind of weird. Then he was forgetting stuff. It's like, you know, I've been distracted like that. And then it's like I did just put this master criminal in prison. And then he confessed, like, I read your diary. I realized stuff was going on. Like, giving enough leeway to make it work. Physicality-wise, it's like, okay, you know how your husband smell. You know how your husband feels. And it's like, you know, like, yeah, it's Sean Archer's face. It's still Cassiatory body. So it's kind of like, you know, you just, it should just be different. And for whatever reason, and that always comes up as criticism, because as it should. So, you know, meanwhile, Castor Troy is there, figured out, like, you know, I'm going to leave you alone as he finally wake up. Because she's busy trying to make out, you know, Sasha there, like, oh, this is what you want. You want these clothes? And he's like, tell me. I'm trying to think of name. Sasha. Like, no, I say I'm not going anywhere until I try to figure out what's going on. Like, you know. And at this point, he don't want to give her any more grief. And then she's like, you know, bring out this little boy. Tell him, oh, it's a cute son. Yeah, he's yours too. <laughs> and then this one, he crack. Because all he sees is his dead son. Yeah. What do you say? Michael? Oh, Michael? And she looking at him like, Michael. what is wrong with you? Who the fuck is Michael? <laughs> Adam, oh, Michael. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael. Like, Cash, you're scaring him. Get off. Like, what is wrong with you? Lay off the drugs. He can't help himself because it's like he's already going through all this anyway. He misses his son so much. Now he sees this little boy who probably would have been his son age or around his son's age. And he just like all on the drugs and the stress in any way. It's like, yeah, I hate him because, you know, if people knew about him, they hurt him to get to you and everything like that. And it's like, you know, Sean Archer realized there's a lot of stuff about Cash and Troy I ain't know about. 
whole like I think I thought I knew this man. I didn't. And you know who you know who fault might stop by? Um, <laughs> policy there. I was like, oh, I got my eyes on you. Friends, <laughs> looks like he started to enjoy being you. That's there. And then what happened? The FBI come. These F. Okay. They don't. They letting off rounds, knowing a boy there. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Not in the beginning, it, it, they see. But once they saw him, they like ain't no rubber bullets. <laughs> okay, this is what all I'm gonna say. Did I don't know. I don't know. I would just feel like if if you see a kid, eventually somebody will say, Hey, it's a kid there, watch say something. No, these these dudes were just letting off rounds. They didn't care. They let off rounds at women in cocktail dresses. And all of them didn't have guns either. They just trying to escape. Trying and to I'll say it. this. I I I saw a lot of dudes in leather pants and tiger shirts jumping over couches like, boy, Diedrich's team was they was on that Max Payne shit like, when y'all not doing drugs, y'all playing paintball, y'all people rolling and flipping, and I'm like, what is what is this, y'all y'all highly trained like that? Nah, you know, just some things they can do. That's it. I mean, they they was getting lit up, but they was fight. It's funny where. Cash was doing his best not to shoot any cops. He was the only one. Because they realized Dietrich was letting Dietrich probably kill like at least five or six cops. Because he was getting mad. They, all, they fucking up my house. <laughs> oh, he was tight about that. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, the, John Woo allows to do the whole musical thing. So, got the little boy listening to Over the Rainbow while people getting murdered in slow motion with the pleasant sound. John Woo loves doing shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just loves it. And the kids just there standing up, and Sasha's trying not to lose her mind seeing her son there. And then she grabbed, you know, it's like they playing hot potato with the boy. Like, Cass, give the boy to me. He got a shotgun in one hand and a son in the other. I don't know. I don't know. I just think, uh, go ahead. They were very <laughs> no, it's not like I'm grabbing the son to be safe. I'm grabbing it somewhere. I'm still shooting that. Cop. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was on. I was just like, there's no like soft. Just give it to me. Like, you damn near almost gonna break his arm, break his ribs. Y'all are crazy out here. So that's happening. Then cop pull up on Sasha when she had the boy. He grabs the gun. Like, I told him not to play with guns. I'm squaring the nuts. <laughs> like, don't play with guns. Meanwhile, at this point, you know, Sean Archer's on the scene. And he got eyeball. He shot Dietrich on purpose. Yes, yes. Because he, because he knew, because like Dietrich's, I don't know if Dietrich saw Sean and was trying to protect Caster, or if he, he didn't. Well, he was trying to protect Sasha. He, he yeah. I think he saw her, so he walked over like, okay, I see what he was about to happen. Let me go yeah. protect her. But I'm like, why would mm-hmm. he? Why would? Why would he try to shoot Sasha if that's his like old lady? He like whatever, yeah, kissing up on. I see you in bed with another man. Was it me? Was it me? That's basically it's like kiss like. And maybe he kissing knew. up on my head. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't seem like he don't seem like the type. You know the way him and Sasha was interacting. He didn't seem like the whole. You know, I'm a one woman man. Well, yeah. Because you saw him when he came in the crib, he's like, oh, remember me? Thought you said I was your favorite peach. To like three of them, they all like. What happened, Cass? Yeah, I thought you, you know like how, me 
you know how they portray women like that in movies because they'll be they'll say things like that but still be right there like right by his side. She was just like, oh, I don't, I don't think Sasha was Letty in this case. Because yeah. <laughs> it was definitely not Dominic as far as that relationship. That was like you know I hit it and quit it. Oh, that's like thing. So anyway, so DJ Corner's eye. I saw what's happening because like Sean lines up. You know, there's like take the boy and go, and then they had that damn kiss. That's not no brother sister kiss Mm-mm. at all, and it lasts like a good two or three seconds. And I always was like, hmm. ew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How how they do things differently in liberal Los Angeles? I see. I was always watching. I was like, even when I was younger, I was like, wait a second, they brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters don't kiss like that. Even though by this point, Angelina Jolie was kind of like a thing, and she was doing that herself. So, oh yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's funny in hindsight, consider the next movie we're doing. But anyway, you know, let's cast like, hey man, we had some time. Like, bro, I got shot right in his neck. Let the death. So of course you get the scene when they pull up on each other, looking at the reflection of themselves. They like you know, I don't know what's more ridiculous, you know, like this face of this body, and you know, this ain't what we either one of us want. Why don't we just switch back? Because like you know, this is fun in the beginning, but you don't, you know, I don't like being you, you don't like being me, and Cash like you know, can't get back what you took from me. Still over his dance, so he's like, "All right, okay, I guess we will just shoot each other." So they, it's funny how they have it set up where they point at each other, but it's like a two-way mirror. So it's basically like I'm about to shoot my reflection. Mm-hmm. Kind of fits the movie. Yeah, iconic scene. Found who's an artist. Well, yeah. And then it's there. They're looking at each other. Then they pull the trigger. You see the bullets hitting, and somehow they both miss because they reflexes. They they must use you know trigger time. <laughs> like, like they at point blank race standing across from each other. They oh. both shoot at the same time, and they both flip out the way you like said, Steven Seagal and Exit Wounds. <laughs> you said they use trigger time. <laughs> or they use that whole they use that whole meter to do that to slow that. Time. Yeah, I thought that was kind of silly. Like it's, it's it's certain scenes you just got to be like, okay, whatever. I mean, it's it's a Hollywood thing that doesn't hit. That it's a Hong Kong thing that doesn't fit Hollywood. But it's like we just going with it. So they're there having a gunfight, and then I don't know what Pollux was doing. Pollux want to chase. Like, stay out of this. Yeah, I, that scene was really weird to me. It didn't seem right. Like, I know why he was up there because he's keeping an eye out. Yeah, but when he started to like, I didn't know if he was chasing or running away. About to fight, but I was just like, "Bro, he got you." How like, are you running away by climbing up a ladder? Which I don't, you, I don't know. This is Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I watched this movie so many times, I still can't figure out what Pollux was trying to do. I, that's gonna be a mystery. Well, maybe somebody can explain it to me. I don't know. I know he's trying to- he tried to set himself to get murdered because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Caster was on his Tomb Raider shit, swung, grabbed him by the legs, and dropped him through the ceiling. And he's falling slow motion. Caster grabs the railing. Pollux falls slow motion again. And then he's screaming. And all of a sudden, you see Sean watch him. He splat. Oof. And Sean's face is like, just broke. Like, what? Because it's like, it was so unexpected. 
what was he doing up there? Like, imagine one second you shooting that your worst enemy, and then see your brother fall through a damn roof with his shoes untied, his dirty ass vans. We'll never know what he was doing. What the dude say? Why are you so upset? That's just Pollock Troy. Boom! You ah. realize, did you realize who that was? That guy. He looked. He looked familiar. Um. Uh. The uh, Christian Bale movie. Which one? Uh, why don't I remember? It's like one of my favorites. Um, American Psycho. Okay. Is that the, he was the dude? He was the dude. Um, I think that uh, when he pulled up on the bathroom, like he pulled up, like he was one of the dudes. I think they had like better uh cards than him. Business business cards. Yeah, yeah. had like the, um, the eggshell print. Yeah, he. I think. He, I think. I want to say he might have been gay. And Christian Bale like rolled up on him in the bathroom like he was about to do something, but then he kind of like freaked out and left. But yeah, that's what well, I remember his face. So he's dead, and then that's that whole thing go. Lazario has lost his mind, like you know your whole war on crime. You know this gotta end. He start holding his chest, and like you know, all right, this man already got a bad heart. He's like, oh, Curtis Gustavo says got to stop. <laughs> and. By this time, Fake Sean is like, my brother just died. I don't like you nowhere. I'm tired of hearing this. He's like, you know, whatever happened, like, you know, okay, you're right, but I just got one thing to tell you. I'll catch the Troy. Chops him in his neck, trips him, and then drop the people elbow square on his chest. Yeah. And then he picks up the phone very calmly. Uh Victor Lazaro's having a heart attack. Hurry. <laughs> Two hit a quitter. Yeah, like, Cash Detroit's a train killer because it's like he hit him twice and dude was, and it's like, oh, it was a heart attack. Autopsy didn't check. He must, right. or maybe they checked it. They like, he must have hit him that way. Like, no no marks, no bruising. It was like Jeffy Epstein, like, no broken bones. He just had a heart attack. But at this point, I just don't think Castro, he, he didn't care. At this point, he did not care. He cared enough to hide it. He cared he enough to hide it, but he also didn't care because he started walking around with his own goons. That was only by that point nobody else was watching because it was like by this point, Castro Troy has ran up on Eve. Is like you know I'm your husband. I'm like listen to me, and she's like no you know you killed my boy. He's like no Eve I'm your husband. <laughs> like why would she think that? Because you said so? You had to tell her something that she will only know. But it's kind of like even then. Imagine you, Eve. All right, you're already feeling a certain way because you know your husband acting weird. And then the man that your husband said was dead, the man you know that killed your son, shows up to your crib. You ain't trying to hear a word he got to say. No. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I understand. To Yeah. I mean, because the if, first reaction I thought was like, no, she should just go batshit crazy. Like, fuck that. If Tupac showed up to Little Kim's door right now to mo, Kim, relax. I'm puffy. <laughs> Is she going to be like, okay, let me get some chamomile tea and we can talk this out? Or is she having a damn heart attack? She's having a heart attack, sir. Yeah, she had a heart attack, and she like she freaking out as she should, and that's happening. Then they tell the story about how they went, you know, 
I went to some place and I realized I was a vegetarian and you ate a bagel with a sesame seed, you cracked your tooth. What type of big ass sesame well, no. seed was that? No, no, no. That was after she did the blood test. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm still going the whole thing like had to find a dentist. Like, you ate you chewed on a sesame seed and you cracked your damn tooth? She got soft teeth. <laughs> she got applesauce teeth. Good like, how hard was that damn sesame seed? Like you've been a damn tree. <laughs> Listen, man, it's soft teeth is that a was, real thing. That, that was written by somebody who never ate a big on their goddamn life. <laughs> Probably. So they do the blood test, he figure out what's going on, and then meanwhile, you know, Sean wakes up with the goons. He just <laughs> riding in public. Like, who are these two guys? Oh, they they're my retainer. Mm-hmm. He got a he got a turtleneck on, no suit, just run up in there to my oh. You know, I heard you left leaving and say goodbye. And he's like, oh, it's like a real marriage. Big signals. Jealousy. By then, he knows something something got to be up. And she is scared as shit. Because at this point, she knows. She knows everything. She believes the story. She tested the blood. She's just like, yo, just hurry up and get the fuck away from me, please. But she got to fake it. Like this whole time now, she got to pretend that this man, this killer, is that is really her husband. He got to, she got to hide it without him finding out. And then this basically gets to the end where you know they're going to the funeral. Jamie runs, you know, had Jamie escape, and then Cash is showing up with Sasha's like, you know, this ain't your fight. She's like, nah, I killed my brother. Like Sean, for her, like Sean Archer has been this man that's been messing with her family for as far as we know. And then, as far as she know, Sean Archer murdered her brother. You know, I never thought about that. Amanda was going through Sasha's mind. She's thinking Cass to turn over a new leaf. He a better man now. Sean Archer, this piece of trash that just ruined the family. And she died not knowing any better. Yep. She died just thinking, hey. <laughs> he got he he became a new man. And it, prison, it, prison, prison reform actually works. <laughs> not in this case yeah so anyway so they go to the funeral cause John Woo loves his churches and they're there and Max, of course you know you are definitely right about that he loves his churches he loves his churches he loves his birds and they're there and Cash is there making the sign of the cross and then Shonda slow blah 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 Make it fun, like you know, land of God, Saint, you know, eternal battle between Saint and Sinner, but still not having any fun. They start shooting at each other and cast through that front flip, like he Jeff Hardy with the guns. They have a gunfight in church. Yeah, the, is the funeral over? Everybody left. Nobody yeah. hear the bullets. Everybody dipped. It was over with. You know, Catholic funerals last a long time. You're absolutely right. So, you know, it lasted a long time before this fight actually happened. Because he left a note. He was like, he sent the note. Like, he basically shot Sean, the fair one. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, this picture here, like, somebody wanted to give you this. And had the picture, with, like, gave him the picture with um him and Michael. He's like, oh, so I know, I know who, I know who this is. <laughs> like, at this point, Cass and Troy, like, I'm, I'm ready to get it on. Yeah. Like and then and then they have a fight and then Chibs himself shows up with Eve and the other dude you know the third member of um Billy Vanilli 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. So they got the guns on each other, and then Sasha shows Sasha shows all the other dudes there, and you're like, like, wee, what a predicament! They all got their guns, like, who's gonna shoot who first? And then you know, it's like Caster looks at Eve, Eve looks at Caster, Sasha looks at Caster, Sasha looks at Eve, Eve looks down, Caster looks down, Sasha sees that, then Eve looks to the right. It's like within three seconds, like, all right, this is the plan. Yo, then, I didn't think about that. That was the, that they were giving the plan with their eyes. Yeah, and they all had to like everybody had to be on the same page because if one person off, two of them dying at the very least. Yeah, because it's like in a setup like a crossfire. So basically, Eve has to know to go down. Sasha has to know which dude to go first after Eve goes down. Casa has to know he he's shooting at both sides, arms crossed, while going down himself. So, and then Eve, after ducks down, hits the dude with like a fire extinguisher or a pew or something. Yeah, it was something. She has some spunk. So, everybody, you know, meanwhile, Sean runs. Sasha get hit. Somebody, you know, take care of our boy. Make sure he don't grow up like us. He is like, he like uh, okay. <laughs> he like, all right. She like, all right, you know, see you. No, you won't. You know, I missed that the first time. I had on subtitles. Which helped, and she says he just died. And Eve is like, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah, and Sean, and he, <laughs> like, and he is uncomfortable. Like, uh, get off me, please. Okay, bye. Yeah. So anyway, so they have they escape. Then Jamie shows up. I don't blame Jamie. How would she know? Yeah, and, and what is she supposed to do? Like that looks like my father. I'm going to shoot the other man. You do. You are not my father. He killed Mikey. <laughs> Shoot him. He killed Mikey. Hey, I may have missed it, but at this point, were, were both of their voice things like acting up? A little bit, yeah. Listen okay. to my voice. I'm your father. Yeah, okay, okay. Voice was starting to act up. Yeah, because the voices are starting to sound the same. It's like, okay, the voices are all. You see these two people. Shit on no. And then the whole thing is kind of like he killed Mikey. Said them all. He's like, no daughter of mine could shoot so wide. <laughs> grabs her and there's like you know I'm basically I'm gonna shoot you. I'm gonna shoot you and I'm gonna shoot you in front of your daughter and then he licking the side of the face is like ugh gross and then she remember the knife trick stabs him twist the knife and somehow he didn't bleed to death and then the this broke scene from hell <laughs> at this point I'm like okay this movie rated this this is when the, the movie starts feeling like a long time. Like, all right, wrap it up. Wrap, wrap it up. Like, we now we got a boat chase. <laughs> I remember the movie that I, I was like, all right, I, it's time to go. I finished it this morning, and, I, and then like, I think it was like the last thirty minutes, and I was just like, boy, they should, they could have really cut cut some time off this thing. Yeah, they could have cut a, a smooth. But I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, they could have cut time, but from where? Maybe some of the prison stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Some time yeah, could have got chopped off somewhere. I mean, they could have nipped stuff here and there, but it wasn't like it wasn't a lot of wasted time. It was just a long. The only thing I can think of is if they cut off the boat scene, they just finished yeah. off the church. Yeah, maybe they should have just ended it at the church. The boat scene just because at that point, even me, I was just no. I was like, no, this is too long. This should have been over with by now. 
and the police shooting at them and they driving through police boats, police boats exploding and they just chasing each other and ramming each other boats. And then, okay, they had that final crash and you see the two stunt doubles. Because <laughs> you know it ain't Nicholas K. Johnson boats. I don't know who this is. It's like the dudes from the Matrix. <laughs> Man. And they zoom in and they fly in slow motion. They gotta be forty feet in the air. They just fly through the air and they somehow land on a beach and they don't break two thirds of their bones in their bodies. No, not at all. Movie magic. And the boat lands like you know head first and explodes itself. I'm still laughing because they just fly through the air and suits on like they just came off the scene of Reservoir Dogs and now I don't want them to get hurt. I'm like, ain't no way. I mean, he did. <laughs> Your man got stabbed in the leg uh, and twisted. So the wound is open and he's a-okay. Mm-hmm. So Sean beating the brakes off him again. Caster grabs the harpoon gun, stabs him with it, then pulls the trigger. He grabs He's like, okay, you know, I've been a bad boy. He went. But just, just remember, as long as you're alive, every time you look in the mirror, you'll see this face. And it starts cutting up the face like this petty ass. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was unnecessary. Then he kicks him in the nuts because nut kicks always work. Stabs him, screams out, die. Like, he, he screamed that from his soul. Mm-hmm. Like, and then... Cast, you know, Sean, fake Sean Archer, real cast for it, finally dies. Finally. And then, you know, Margaret Cho shows up, calls him Archer. He's like, what do you call me? Sean Archer, sir. Sean Archer, Sean Archer, sir. He's like, okay, you know, we had the surgery again. He's like, okay, that scar, you can take it off. And then they're at home. Jamie don't got the makeup anymore. They all together. And nobody picked him up from the hospital? No. Nope. He took a cab? I mean, she said he had to, you know, you got to uh, basically earn my trust again. So, yeah, find your way over here. He's Okay, I had surgery. My wife had to take me home because I couldn't drive. And it was just elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. He got his face back. He just saved their lives. Again, they I'm trying to tell you why. She was still nah, tight. She, no. He had, nah. No, t- l- no l- I know she was so tight because how the movie ended. She could have been that tight. Well, she just like, saw, he, she saw a he get bit. home and Jamie's, you know, Jamie's like, oh, I'm sorry I shot you. And then hugging him like, like that. He's like, it's okay. Doing that whole, that creepy little finger over the face thing. Like that's, <laughs> ew. Stop. So, anyway, so it's there. It's like, oh, got this boy. <laughs> his name, his name's Adam. He needs a place to stay. You do know. What? <laughs> you do know Adam killed him. He as he grew up, he eventually started acting more like Caster. What happened? Yeah, what happened to my parents? What? What's he found the story <laughs> your, out? Your, your daddy killed your mom, and I killed your daddy. How does this yeah, go? The first time, the first time they need a, a blood transfusion, they like, oh, we gonna have to go to the blood bank. But you know, they did kind of cover themselves because Caster never knew about him, and he never knew about Caster being his dad. I, well, no, yeah. no, she. Well, yeah, she knew his mom. He knew who his dad, dad was. Yeah. He, but but wait a second. No, he. She said, "This is your dad." Didn't yeah, yeah. So he. Yeah. So he knows the. That's the body of Sean Archer. That was still had Caster to his face. Oh boy, that boy killed that family. That boy is scarred for life. I didn't think about that. It's like, oh, hi, Jamie. I'm mad. I want to show you your room. She look, and he looked at his wife. His wife like, okay, now you ask the wife. What she said? No. 
What you gonna do? <laughs> you can't take him over Tito House because Tito dead. Like, Evan Helene, like, what if she said no? You bringing this strange boy? His mama was a criminal. His they, daddy was worse. You, they, they, they missed their son, and she missed her little brother. So it all worked out, I guess. I seen too many horror movies where that does not end well. Oh, exactly. But like I told you, my son died. So I bought some random boy off the street. He'd be all right. He looked like him. <laughs> and then, and then the movie ends. That's been fate. That's that. That was Face Off. Uh, it's one of those movies. I think, like you said, the only thing I think that is, if you get it in HD or whatever, you're gonna see things that you shouldn't see. But you know that was just the times then. So, but it still, was, it still holds weight. It still, it's still a good it's movie. It's definitely out of the four. It's the most interesting movie. It's definitely the messiest. Like it's funny when I think about it that Michael Bay had the most restrained movie out of the four. Because Michael Bay restraint is not something you would ever put in the same sentence. But The Rock is like straightforward, cuts to the chase, not a whole bunch of extra fat. I mean, uh, Gone in sixty seconds is too. It's no, gone, no, gone in sixty seconds. Got a whole lot of stuff going on because you got like fifteen characters. I mean, you just talking about Master P. Other than that, the movie's straightforward. We boy, they got like they got a young team and an old team, and they got all the Master P stuff and Doctor Who himself. You know, offense like we. Yeah, but it's kind of like this movie is just a whole thing where it's kind of like John Woo had an interesting American career because after this, he did Mission Impossible 2, which damn, I, I yeah, don't know what to make it. Yeah, hey, hey, don't talk about it. It's one of my favorites. No, I'll say this. It proved my point about you need, you need all three because Tom Cruise doesn't have the charisma. What? He's trying to be cool. Not in that one. He's trying to be cool. He is not cool. I don't care if he got his long hair and the sunglasses and stuff like that. No. Wait, wait, wait. Do you need to go back and watch that opener? That opener set the tone. No. Tom Cruise is doing cool things in the movie. Tom Cruise ain't cool in Mission Impossible 2. He is not. He trying to be cool. He, Him and Thandie Newton got the chemistry of oil and I would say water. That's an insult to water. They have no chemistry whatsoever. He looking like he afraid to touch that that woman. Like no, he trying to be cool. He ain't. He only look cool because Duke Gray Scott is worse. And to think that he was supposed to be Wolverine, but this movie went too long and he had to drop out is thank God that happened. That's the only thing I can say about Mission Impossible Two because the fact it took so long, we got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. No, Mission Impossible. It's, Mission Impossible Two not a bad movie. It's a weird movie. And it's it's not I don't think it's okay after watching all the Mission Impossibles it can, it's like my favorite but as far as movies it's at the bottom of the Mission Impossibles it's just it's it's not bad it's just like like I said about John like Tom Cruise don't fit that John Woo style so after that did um when did Paycheck Ugh. no either did did he do Wind Talkers first or Paycheck first I'm trying to think because he worked with Nicolas Cage again. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I don't think I've Pay- seen Win Talks, but I, oh God, I saw Paycheck and I was just like, nah, nah, my, that's all. Perfect right. name. And then he went back to Hong Kong. He's like, you know what? Nah, I'm all right. I'm cool with all this. So it's just an interesting time where like Nicolas Cage, like John Travolta continued to do his thing. 
Nicholas Cage continue to do this thing. Like, it's just this movie where it's a ludicrous storyline that works based on the actors involved and the actors acting the way to make the story work. Because you can't be... When they, you know, they talk about how other people like really nice Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger. It won't work because it's like they can never be each other. How like Stallone, like yeah. Paige and Travolta, like close enough in size and acting temperament where you can see it. Schwarzenegger Stallone, like no, it's just because one Schwarzenegger way too big, and like the acting style, Stallone has enough range. Schwarzenegger's good if he's in his comfort zone. Like the movie's just different. Like yeah, it's it's a, it's a whole different movie. You you are right about that because even even trying to get that face off whole switch thing, like how come yeah. on? Yeah, how like Stallone gonna pretend to be Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah, it's and Schwarzenegger gonna, gonna pretend to be Stallone? Like that were they said like you know Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas, which would have been interesting because Michael Douglas is king of playing like the white aggrieved dirtbag. And Harrison Ford is like, you know, Mr. Honorable Man. But I think by that time, it's like, I don't know. That'd been too. I don't know if Harrison Ford is could do. See, the whole thing is Harrison Ford could have done the Sean Archer part. But him being like pretending to be Caster Troy. No. I don't think he has that energy in him. He's too. He's too cool for that. Yeah. Douglas could be wild. I like Douglas. Douglas could definitely be wild. I don't think I don't think Ford could be. I think it also works too because you had two actors that were willing to go the extra mile as far as the characters. Like you know, Nicholas Cage once he I, once he found out well you're gonna end up being a hero, but you're still gonna look you know look like the mm-hmm. villain. He jumped on that because that's something he enjoyed. And I'm sure Tra- John Travolta was like, "Why not? <laughs> yeah, I love to do something like that." If they were to do it now. Which two actors could do it, or which which two actors would you want to see do it? Hmm. I had two sets, and they're two completely different movies. I want to hear who you would think of. Damn, I wish you would have asked me that earlier because I'm trying to think now. I, anything with, if you could if you could figure out how to put Christian Bale in it, I'll watch it. <laughs> Christian Bale and maybe. Uh, Christian Bell and Brad Pitt. No, well, Christian. I mean, because they both can do both. Yeah, maybe so. Because I'm thinking about Fight they, Club now. I'm thinking. No, about they they both because like not because Brad Pitt is the master of being weirdos. That's what I'm saying. In Fight Club, he was kind of like that weird character inside of Ed Norton or whatever. So seven. Like, oh yeah, damn it. I mean, yeah, like seven, like. He's, he can do weird stuff all day long. And, you know, Christian Bell can do whatever he wants long to involve action. <laughs> the one I was thinking would be real funny, The Rock and Vin Diesel. Oh, God. Stop. Stop. You, imagine them even trying to get the negotiations. Well, you know, uh, I got to can't get punched I mean, if it was in the beginning, the whole thing is if it was the beginning. See, it's funny. I was Doom is on rotation. So The Rock... It's funny seeing that movie because the movie came out. You don't realize the Rock's the villain until like halfway through the movie, because you think it's like, oh, it's a Rock action movie where he's the hero and Carl Urban's a sidekick. It really is Carl Urban's the hero and the Rock is the secret villain halfway through the movie. Like the Rock is, the Rock's good as a villain. It don't take that much. Like it just take, just take a little. 
just a little edge, a little more. Like he's got charisma. Like it's mm-hmm. a little edge there. But um, I'm trying to think. Tom, could Tom Cruise do it with somebody? Uh, who who would Tom? Who would? But who would Tom Cruise do it with? Hugh Jackman, maybe. I thought about that. It's funny. Hugh Jack Prestige, Hugh Jackman, and Kristen Bell was in that movie. Wolverine and Batman. Yeah, and, I, I actually like that movie more than I, I like that. I like that movie because it's just a well done movie. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like the whole thing is it takes a certain charisma where you have to be restrained, you have to be soulful and like care. But y'all had that manic energy. Some people got the manic energy, but they, they don't have the soulful part down. Some people got the soulful part down, like. Ryan Reynolds had the manic energy, but he doesn't have the earnest soulfulness. No, standard. not at all. Not Gosling at all. has the earnestness, but he doesn't have enough manic energy. Man, I don't. You think so? He no. His energy when he's manic, it comes off as goofy, like in um, the Nice Guys. Because most of the time he's like, I'm cool and calm, and I'm you know stoked, and I got my jacket on, or okay. I'm a goofball. Yeah, I guess. I mean, oh, I know who. Denzel and Wesley Snipes. Well, that's easy. Because <laughs> they, they can both. Because they can both. They can do both. And I was thinking, kind of like the only reason I said Denzel was like a John Woo person, because at the time Denzel wasn't manic enough. Denzel had the charisma. Denzel had the earnestness and like the um, he had the vulnerability, but that manic energy. Like it's for action. He got that later. He didn't have it like in the he didn't have it like the early mid nineties. He yeah. got that like album as he got older and yeah, like you know what season. It was like simmering. Like it was there, but it was like you know it was like he was doing movies like acting like Ricochet, where he's like I'm still cool and calm. And even then when he was acting like crazy, he was just acting crazy. I never thought he was crazy. Okay, yeah, I got. By it. time you get to like Man on Fire, Denzel, yeah. That's when it's like the energy there, but it's kind of like, yeah, face off, uh, a weird, a weird movie. Yeah, but it's enjoyable. It, you know, it's not one of those movies that would really turn you off. Kind of like last week, you know, about Con Air, where certain things would be like, ugh. The only I mean, thing the, the brother and sister kissing is not that, and then all the perving on the young girls. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, the nineties, man. The nineties were just. I'm surprised Dominique Swain didn't have a nervous breakdown because she was in this and then she was in Lolita. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> like, welcome to Hollywood. Like, yeah. where you go from that? So, but no, it's just, it's funny seeing the people that were in this movie that like, you know, I forgot Margaret Cho was in this. Um, I still can't think of his name. The dude from The Wire. I always call him Bunny Colvin. Oh, yeah, I, I know you're talking. I don't know if I can remember his name either. CCH Pounders in this. Um, Cone Fury, the villain from the Chronicles of Riddick. Being, <laughs> I never trust him being. I never trust him being a good guy because that movie. It's that uh, for. You know what it is? It's that forehead. You ain't lied about that. Woo. And go ahead. Shout out to my man Pollux Troy. Jeez. That's good. I think that's gonna be the highlight right there. What's wrong, bro? They're going to take our money. The que- question I have to ask you, I really have to ask you, and this is all face-off right now. And I know I talked about it. I'm not, I don't know if I texted you or tweeted it. Have you seen um, the Wall Street sequel, Money Never Sleeps? 
Yes. I've never seen it until that day I had like tweeted or talked about it. And I just sat there for the whole time. I was like, why the hell was this movie made? That's all I kept thinking. It, did it make any money? I never even looked, even looked to see. I saw it in the movie theater. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know what's, you know what's funny about Pollock Troy? Look at him now. Like that actor. Uh-huh. He does. I'm like, he aged well. Like, he, I looked at a recent picture. I'm like, that's the same dude. Like, what, like, what's that movie, The Art of Self Defense with um, Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. He's, he's like the main villain in that. He's like Damn, his karate he is teacher. in that movie. Damn. And like, you, if you go on Wikipedia and you pull him up and you see his face, you're like, there is no way in the world that's Pollux Troy. Pollux must have been in puberty because he, <laughs> they don't look nowhere alike. It's me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to sit here twiddling my phones. I pay for the plane. Save some time. Yeah, that was Face Off. We got one more movie going in 60 seconds, and then I think it'll be a break, and then mm-hmm. we will actually have the first ever a Bully and the Hipster Sports Talk podcast. Uh-huh. Are we going to make fun of Antonio Brown? People getting mad at him for wanting a right helmet because he didn't want to murder himself. Now, two things we can talk about real quick, and mm-hmm. I want to say real quick, just your opinions. First of the Antonio Brown situation, and then the secondly, the whole Jay Z uh, NFL thing. Okay, the Antonio Brown situation is it's easy to call him a diva and make fun of this man, but it's like this man was homeless, mm-hmm. and he somehow molded himself to be the best wide receivers era and an era with a lot of great wide receivers who like everything you hear about, like his work ethic and determination is off the chain. And we always talk about player safety and everything like that. And he's saying like, I can't see, I won't be safe. And most of the time you hear about all these football players dying with CTE and have the brains of 80 year old. If he feels like this makes him safe, let the damn man play with his helmet. Like then if like, it's easy to make jokes like, oh, he a diva, yada, 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 and things like that. Because it's like wide receivers and known divas. He's a black flamboyant athlete. We all like to dance. And he from and it's like, I love hearing Pittsburgh fans like, see, I told you so. It looks like Ben was right. Because they're going to defend a white rapist over. It's amazing. They lost their, the best running back and receiver generation both left and back-to-back years. And somehow it's like, oh, we don't need him. That's my feeling. Let the man play with the help. Like, what's the big deal? Who's he hurting? You're absolutely right. I didn't understand. I don't understand all these analysts and everybody come out saying he's childish. What is? And I feel like it's the easy thing. It's the easy thing to do. He's the easiest target to pick on right now. They love calling black athletes big old animals and childs, especially wide receivers. They love doing that. Oh, they just want attention. If he had a basically, they want to say if he had a daddy, he wouldn't be acting this way. Because football real with that whole thing. It's like Richie Incognito got a job, and he tried to cut, like, his dad's head off. His dead father's head off. Yeah, I remember hearing that story. I'm like, and he got a job? And we talking about Antonio Brown's attitude? Like, football's real funny when it comes to, like, what sense they're grown or not. And, again, because he felt comfortable with the helmet, and he felt like that was the helmet that, you know, he was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And it became a big thing, which I – I'm just sort of, but we can go to but, uh, yeah. the whole. But no, John, John Gruden said you need to man up, but you know, anybody know about discipline is John Gruden. Yeah. Somebody who may not even be coaching by next year. Just being real uh, with it. He got 
Boy, he ain't turned on them checks. I, I, listen, if it goes south again with that team, I wouldn't be surprised to see him walk. He ain't walking. He get to be John. Because the whole thing's like, I get to rebuild for three years, then we go to Vegas, I'll be fine. Sluggle for a slant. <laughs> <laughs> Banana out on three. Great. Like, boy. Uh, okay, real quick, the Jay-Z situation. I just got in an argument with a good friend of mine on Facebook about this. It's a mate. You know what? You know what I learned living in America. Americans love defending billionaires because deep down they hope that one day they will become a billionaire. So they will defend that to the, especially they like them. I don't know how you look at this and be like, oh well, you know, like it's the Jay Z defense. Like, oh, it's just business. Colin Kaepernick ain't trying to get a job no more. Eric Reed got a job. They got paid. Why can't Jay-Z get paid? And, you know, nobody remembered a billion dollars by doing it straight in there. I heard somebody tell me and say that. And I'm like, if Jay-Z want to do business this way, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, and you know and I know because we fans, Jay-Z been trash as far as business for a long time. A long time. You know why we kept letting it slide? Because he kept coming out Cause we, the music. No, not only that, because look at the people. It's easy to take Jay-Z's side over Jazzo, because it's like whatever. It's easy to take Jay-Z's side over like Damon Dash, because Damon Dash is obnoxious and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like It's like all the stuff he kept doing. You know, how he screwed Damon Dash, how he screwed Jazzo. How he screwed out, you know, Beanie Seag on state property. He takes somebody verse, not pay him. All the stuff that happened with Def Jam Records. All the stuff that happened with Kanye. Like, all the stuff you keep hearing over and over and over again. It's, you know, it's like, it just kept on happening. You don't think about it. Then all the, think about it, all that stuff with Beyonce. And he just made an album out like, oh, well, he made mistakes, but it's cool. <laughs> like, the man talked about all the time about sh- shooting his brother. And it's like, oh, well, you know, Maybe his brother had it coming. I'm like, Jay-Z, y'all sound like y'all the the like pestilence bigging up apocalypse. Like, you know, this whole being a villain is fine as long as I'm the villain thing. Like, no, Jay-Z had no reason to do what he did. He just did that to get his foot in the door and make money at the expense of Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. And then not only he do that, he took it's even it come out more as like Jermaine Dupri had that deal and Jay Z told him no because it'd be a bad look and then Jay Z taking himself. Real that we I don't know if the story's true. That's the story going around. You heard because think about it. It made sense when they talking about the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. The time make the timeline makes sense. Yeah, it does. And you heard a lot of people wanted to do it, but then they got shamed like, nah, they did Kaepernick wrong, so you can't do it. So he was getting props to all the people who didn't do it, including Jay-Z, because he was like, nah, I ain't doing that because my man kept got respect. Now it's like, oh, we need to move past kneeling and sacrifice, and, you know, smooth as I don't. We like, what did you sacrifice? Jay-Z didn't give up. Jay-Z didn't lose nothing. He didn't give up anything. Colin Kaepernick still don't got a job. And, Eric Reed damn near lost his career. Jay Z got a check and that I, he don't need. And I think that's the part that's hitting people the most, which a lot of people don't understand, is that he's kind of like, okay, let's move on. You know, like, yeah, fam, I understand it, but you didn't have to take a knee. You didn't. You didn't have to go through with some of those things that the other players had to go through. So for you to say that, it just sounds like 
yeah. Yo, what, what move. The fuck? It's like why why are we in a rush to move on for? Oh, it's like oh yeah, because he wants to be a major owner. He wants to be have a major stake as an owner. It's like yeah, that's all it was. All it was about money. That's all Jay Z always. And I've always had mixed on this whole. We can wrap some of the whole capitalist things like they put up. Yeah, yeah. Jay Z came up from the hood like that. He didn't sell Oreo cookies. Like we know, we kind of glance about how he made his money. He talk about all the time, yeah, I sold drugs and everything like that. But you know, but still, they, they know. But still, not you know. Rich made a good point. Like I can't big up a man who's probably selling drugs to family members of mine, no doubt. And I've told some, I'm like, you bigging up Jay Z only because you weren't a victim of his. If you grew up in his neighborhood, it's a big chance you you could have been, because nearly everybody who's done business with this man. Both personally and professionally, has ended up worse off. Uh, or Every single- if you've looked, they don't have a relationship now. Mm-hmm. They, anybody he's had uh, last ten years, tell me somebody that that's been right there other than his wife. There's somebody he's done business even, with. And even then, she would have been justified. And think of all the stuff his wife went through. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you know everybody he's done business with. You don't see him around anymore. Look, you just I see Jay Z. It's a reason why Rockefeller is called Rock Nation. I understand. I get it. He comes out with some sweet albums, nice albums, nice to bop your head. But sometimes people can be trash, too. As much dirt as people love to throw on Kanye, which is deserving. Let's not be, you know, you don't know these people outside of their music. And I just think sometimes a lot of people, especially on social media, oh, they got a hot album. Oh, I'm riding with them no matter what. And I'm just like, what? Okay, like no, you gotta you gotta split that, or either you just gotta like take that out of there because there's no way everybody that's in the music industry is, industry is nice. <laughs> yeah. everybody's not a good guy. And I, my thing is kind of like the defense is well, that's how you do business. Well, you can't be a billionaire without doing that. Maybe she'd be a billionaire then, because I'm like, would you? My whole thing is, if that was your friend, did you like that? Would y'all still be friends? Absolutely, probably. Even if he spit a hot mixtape, it's like if if your circle did that to you, if your friends moved like that and your presence, and you know you want to rock with that, why are you making an excuse with a stranger because you like change clothes? I mean, that song is hot. I'm like, you can like Jay Z music while established like it. And I don't have to whole, you know, Cam talked about South Carolina, you know, it may not be fair to judge. You got to wait three to five years. I'm like, no, you don't. He's been doing this for a couple of decades. This ain't Triple H taking over NXT. <laughs> like I got, I, mean, I got to wait. I got to wait for what? I didn't, what am I, I waiting for? I haven't heard the show yet, but I mean, I can understand to a certain degree what he's saying. Like maybe he is. You no, know, maybe he does have a good place or what he's trying to do. Maybe I don't know. We don't, he's don't, a good place, even though Jay Z's done a lot of good things. So I don't want to make him out like he's just a yeah, total yeah, monster because yeah, yeah. he helped out with Bill, he helped out with Little Wayne, like that. But Jay Z's purpose, like Jay Z, will always help out Jay Z first. And Jay Z has no problem throwing people under the bus to get what he wants. And too many times we justify stuff like that. Well, you know, the unjustified the means, yeah, except for when it's you. Yeah, we yeah. all say that when it's somebody else. It's like, oh yeah, that and this whole chest. Uh, people in the joke, chestnut checkers Twitter, seat at the table Twitter. You gotta work from the inside. It's like, no, Jay Z brags about being a black billionaire, and people thought that black meant more than billionaire, and they learned that billionaire meant more than being black. Cause I told my friend, if that was Kim Kardashian doing it, would you be defending them like that? 
Mm. Hell no. If that was Taylor Swift or any other regular white guy that that, you'd be calling him a gentrified piece of trash and anything like that, or the culture vulture. Like, Jay-Z is a capitalist vulture that just, you know, I don't want to call him, he ain't Sean King, but it's like Jay-Z good for doing stuff like that, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, Jay-Z looks out for, Nas told us a long time ago, we made, we called Nas better. Nas told us. He told us how to move. Jadik has told us how he moved. Being, people been telling us how Jay-Z moves, like, ah, they just hate you because your album don't sell no more. It, as I keep saying about this whole situation, man, it's levels that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about when they come with their opinions. And sometimes sometimes it's just what everybody else is saying. Alvin Kaepernick gave his career up for this. He still don't have a job. And Jay-Z telling him, we got to move on. Like, Colin Kaepernick's still doing That's another thing. People like, oh, they said Colin Kaepernick got a settlement. He stopped fighting for the people, so I'm going to stop fighting for him. And I was like, what? No, he he got a settlement. Could the NFL want to spend a little money for a guy knocked off a lot of money because they knew they was wrong. Exactly. He, he still don't got a job. He's still doing it. Like, people act like he's just sitting at home drinking like pineapple juice. Yeah, to he's still trying. He's still trying. He's still doing stuff for the community. still doing stuff for awareness. He's still not getting a job. Yeah, because I, I just saw something that one team, I don't know, somebody was pushing. No, it was, I think it was Eric Reed was trying to push, you know, hey, sign him, you know, just for a backup. Just sign a dude. Somebody, you know, in, just get in quickly. All somebody do is sign him. And people will complain for like two weeks and they will keep him moving. Pretty much. That's, That's it. It's like, nah, I'd rather have Nathan Peterman. I'd rather have Josh Johnson. Boy, you know? some of these quarterbacks. And nah, anyway. But mm-hmm. that was a sneak peek. We will get out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. And next week, we'll be finishing it off with Gone in 60 Seconds. And we are out.